You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. Mind of the Meaning, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE and ECW wrestler, The Blue Meaning. We cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the mind of the Meaning. I'm Josh Chernoff, and he is The Blue Meaning. Meaning, what is up, man? I am enjoying a sip of coffee in the apocalypse. It's a stylish Jack Skellington mug that we were talking about uh, pre-record. Yes, it's a, it's a good-looking mug there. I think everybody. Uh, I'm going to uh, listen as I join my coffee. Hold on. Mm. Oh, there it is. I think everybody should enjoy their drink. Yep. You're listening along right now. Pick up a drink of whatever you got. A big old gub and just go. Because it's the end of the world. It's the I end of the world. Water. Why not? You know. Yeah, hey, what? it's the end of the world. Why not take a sip of your beverage? Right. Maybe but, uh, yeah. And, and another t-shirt is made. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so what's up, man? How's, how's, your, uh, how's your week been? Uh, pretty good, man. Uh, even though I'm doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> uh, we ventured out to go uh, food shopping on the uh, advice of Mance Warner. Shout out to Mance Warner. We went to Audi. Okay. Uh, dude, I love Mance Warner. Uh, Mance Warner's a great guy. I I always get my uh, my shopping advice from Mance Warner. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've, I, we, we have an ad uh, later on. I could probably work Mance Warner in, too. With, <laughs> He'll be uh, back, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, no, Mance is a good dude, man. I watch his uh, online content. I, I pop. And uh, he reminds me of Austin, Steve Austin. Yeah. And uh, give me a hell yeah! Uh, oh, my answer says, "I love him, man. <laughs> I love him. He, he's so entertaining." And I got to work with him uh, in MLW. We did. I, uh, I was his uh, mystery uh, wrestler. A funny, funny story from that night at MLW with him. Uh, so we're back in the locker room where we're filming. This is a great plug for On the Ropes, which is uh, airing. Uh, Already by the time you're hearing this, it's on uh, me interviewing the Blue Meanie and Royal Money as a part of that. And we'll get into that. Maybe Shout out to later. Royal Money. Yeah, but on Fight TV, Royal Money, great dude. Uh, and hopefully this this shines a, a light on him. Um, but yeah, so we're there. We're in the back of the locker room at the ECW Arena. And Calvin and myself, are you know we're recording on the ropes. We're doing all the interviews. Mance Warner's back there. He's going, uh, getting his bags. And it's at the end of the night. And uh, so Jacob Fatu is there. We're a plan. We're all going to go out and grab a bite to eat afterwards. So Jacob Fatu, you know, as, as the Samoans will refer to people as Oos, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's brother. It's, you know. Right. So he goes, uh, 
he goes to uh to man's water he's like oh you want to grab a bite to eat uh i'm going with the with uh the usos and uh or the usas or something like that and man's water he's like dude the usos are coming the usos are in town and the whole thing and he's he's like oh he's we're going with the usos and uh so yeah fatu's just like he's like no 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 man i'm talking about those two over there and uh, need to say, Mance Warner did not come out to dinner with us that night. So uh, I, I got, but uh, I, I didn't take it personally. But it's a yeah. fun story. Uh, <laughs> no, he's a good guy, a real good guy. Oh, I love him, dude. That night uh, for MLW, I was his mystery wrestler, and uh, we were supposed to have the match. He was going to come in, and we were going to do like a Austin Steve Austin beer bash, <laughs> and he had like uh, maybe a twelve pack of Bud Light blue can i'd like and uh some of the boys thought his beer was communal so <laughs> some of the wrestlers you know started drinking his beer not knowing that he needed it for the ring yeah so uh i was like dude how are we gonna do a fucking beer bash with <laughs> two beers so i i called an audible thank god being from south philly and knowing the east w arena there's like two bars within walking distance I gave like 20 bucks, 30 bucks to Mrs. Meany. I was like, run to the corner bar, buy some Bud Lights. Uh, to get, <laughs> in South Philly, you could walk in any bar, get some takeout beer. Yeah. And she she took the money. She ran down to the bar and she was like, she runs into the bar. I need beer now. Wrestling show down the street. <laughs> and, and they're like, what? What? And they're trying to like, give her like a wrestling show. Don't they sell beers? Or, no, it's for the ring. And uh, I need <laughs> Beer. And she came back, and we replaced the beers that had been, you know, uh, drunk by drinking or drunken by the drank. Uh, drank. They got their drank on with our, our beer bash beers, <laughs> but like we replaced, replenished those. So when Mance went out, you know, the you know, ringside with the beers, we were fully stocked. So uh, Mrs. Meany to the rescue. She, uh, yeah. where, where was her credit on that? Uh... I know, right? She's finally getting it. She was a uh, she was a producer on the ma- on the match. Right? Yep. I think she- <laughs> prop master and uh, yeah, she was uh, she was a uh, Richie for magic. You know, the, we, <laughs> WWE we had Richie for magic. Yep. If, if you needed something done, he could he could make it within like you know a, a wink of an eye. You know, whether I always wondered because I've always heard the stories about Richie from magic. Um, does the the stories are always told in like a, Hey, we were backstage. We needed this. So we got Richie from magic and he threw it together. Does he like travel? Is there like a truck with just like endless supplies of things? Does he go like, like I'm thinking like a, 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 like a art classroom that is constantly stocked with uh, supplies. Like is, where is he coming up with some of these things or are the stories just kind of, uh, are the stories not taking into effect that he was given like a week to come up with something? Dude, he just could just, I mean, like he had his own area, like in the building, like you walk into a building, there's a sign that says Fabe. there's a sign that says Vince's office, catering, my favorite sign. And then, um, cause I usually unbooked catering. Yeah. Uh, great, great shirt over at com slash blue meanie. Yes, sir. And then there was Richie for magic and he, Richie for magic was literally Every character you saw from any movie, like part, you know, uh, what's the A-Team, uh, Mad Dog or whatever. Uh, um, oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, 
Which oh 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 well, there's face the, the crazy there's... one the the, the one yeah. they, they bucket uh, they took out the uh, mentals uh, well... yeah I want to say mad I want to say mad dog but like now that. now it's because you said that maybe that's why I want to say that now right. I'm gonna look it up right I'm uh, very influential uh, half of what we do on the on this uh, that's my Jedi mind is... trick uh, but yeah, yeah Richie I... from Magic was like every character like very eccentric this uh, hey can you do this and he would look at you with like this evil genius look like of course I can. You know, <laughs> or I'd walk into the building. Like, Richie, what do you, you got for me today? Well, you're giving somebody a blue bath, and you know, you know <laughs> stuff like like he could literally just rig anything. Like, um, and me and Goldust were doing the thing where I was uh, jealous of Ryan Shamrock because Ryan Shamrock was winning Goldust affection over me. He, I was mm. like, dude, I wish I had like a hanky. Where I put my face in it, I just go, <laughs> and like maybe have tears shoot out, you know, like, you know, very cartoony. And he was like, hmm. And he goes off into his lair, Richie from Magic's lair. And he comes back. He's like, look what I made. And it's like this red, I forget what color it is. It was like a hanky, but it had like the nozzle in it where you just fill it with water, you squeeze it. It had the two hoses that came out of the but hanky. This is- but this is what I'm talking about. Where did this stuff come from? How, like, what are the chances that in a million years that he would have been like, you know what? I should always keep on hand an extra handkerchief and some hoses and, you know, so I can squirt. Where did he find like an old Doink the Clown uh, flower? Yeah. And, and just, I mean, that probably, I guess maybe is what he did, something like that. But it just always amazed me. You hear the stories of what he came up with. And my first thought is always, but how, but how did he do this? Like MacGyver. Like he just, you know. You just said, you, you, that was the next words out of my mouth. I was going to say fucking MacGyver couldn't hold fucking Richie for a magic <laughs> jock strap. You know, it's, it's just like, hey, Richie, can you do this? <laughs> it's like, uh, oh my God. It's like that movie, uh, uh, Real Genius, Val Kilmer movie or whatever like that. And the guy who lives in the closet. You know, and he's just like this real <laughs> recluse genius guy and stuff like that. Uh, I'm trying to think. I like it. when we're doing the uh, the uh, Great America Bash, it was BWO versus the Mexicals. He had to help assemble our uh, big wheels, and we're like, man, how can we can like? And we had to. They were they were different colors, so he had to spray paint them. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, we got to put BWO in the wheels, and he went and found like made decals like out of nowhere well, that, it, right again it's yeah. like where <laughs> yeah if i go if, if, if like if i came to you and said hey meanie we need a decal for something like that like you know nowadays we could go online and probably within a couple of days maybe even a rush delivery by tomorrow we can right. get something made by somebody but this dude's just creating these things out of practically thin air it's it's always like i would love to just man like that's a guy that i don't know the the capabilities of getting him for an interview. Oh, I got but, I got his number. I, I don't know if it's oh, still we, good, but <laughs> at at some point, well, you know, then we'll just talk to whoever answers. But we'll uh, no, because they'll probably have just as much knowledge on it as we do of how he managed to pull this off. Just knowing Richie, he he already knows the call's coming. But uh, <laughs> but, but uh, dude, like uh, we were making the BWO big wheels. He put the decals on the the thing, and I I wear electrical tape on my wrist. The blue electric. Mm-hmm. Give me a couple of those. I put a couple on my wrists so I look like Wonder Woman. Beow, 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 beow. <laughs> and uh, it's just amazing what Richie from Magic could do. 
you know, it just, you know, that's awesome. Um, by the way, Howling Mad, Howling Mad Murdoch. Yes, Howling Mad, which I, I got to tell you, I looked it up, I read it, and this is like one of those uh, Mandela effect things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, this is one of those uh, Mandela effect. Have you ever, you know what that is? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's so every, It's every day of my life. I know. So I'm looking at this, and I'm reading it, and then I was like, well, let me check like another thing. And so I like looked up another one, and it's all Howling Mad, but I'm looking at Howling Mad, and it's just still not ringing a bell for I some I want to call him Mad Murdoch, or I just want to call him. Well, maybe they just kept calling him like Mad Murdoch or something. Could or be. Maybe they, one of them called him Mad Dog like for fun or something at one point. I don't know. But of yeah. course, you also had, you had Hannibal. and uh, Dude, that was my show. Um, I used to watch that. That was like any time I was uh, like homesick or something like that. Like it was one of the midday midday shows that was always on television. Right. Um, Cause I get, I'm looking here now, uh, 1983 to 1987. So yeah. So this was like in syndication figure when I was like elementary school, but uh, yeah, so I would always watch it. Of course I watched them as they aired. So yes. Suck it. Uh, Dur- yeah. During, <laughs> during your mid twenties. Um, oh man. <laughs> You're fucking killing there is, me. There is not that big of an age difference. It's a good thing we're doing the sh- show remotely. Yeah. Right. I'd be like, for, for, you? <laughs> for, for anyone who's listening, there's not that big of an age difference between us, but it's funny when you talk about things like wrestling or any pop culture stuff, you put even five years between people and you could be decades apart. Of course. You know, yeah. it's, it's such a, such an interesting thing, but, uh, and also it's fun because we're not in person. I don't have to fear for my uh, safety. <laughs> I can just, we are never going to be in the same place. Do you know we have never – this was something I was thinking about when I put um, – uh, we were talking about On the Ropes, and you were the interview, and that was kind of the interview that sparked the idea to do the podcast together. Um, yep. That's the last time you and I were, were together in person. Yeah. We have not been in the same room as each other since the idea of doing the podcast started. It's really, it really says something about technology, but it's just crazy. I was thinking, I was like, man, that's the last time – I saw a meanie, and it's it's just so weird. It seems like so so long ago. That was just yeah. the MLW show when this this whole uh, coronavirus you know, thing became heavy because like they had the yeah. signs up, no handshaking, no mm-hmm. this, no that. Which in, in hindsight, it's a good idea, but you're asking, you know, these guys are getting all in the same ring, or you're not going to disaffect it. I know, right? Day. But you know, it was, it's, it was a good idea, and it was weird too. And I don't know if we've ta- I've talked about this a time or two before, but it was weird that night. Cause there were people I've met for the first time, like a Savio Vega. Um, yeah. and, uh, and then even like the younger guys, like, you know, the Von Erics or even Brian Pillman jr. Who's somebody that I've known for a while, but still the, the, especially a guy like, like Savio or like Laparco is that like you go up and you shake their hand. That's how I came up in the business. Now you came out, you know, all of us really came up in the business. Yeah. You go in, you go around, you shake everybody's hand, especially when you're a guest in the locker room, like I was. You know, right. I wasn't a member of the locker room. So it, it ended up actually almost being like a, a, an icebreaker because I would go up to Savio Vega and instead of being like, hi, I'm Josh. Very nice to meet you and put out my hand. It was almost this icebreaker of just like, hi, I'd really like to shake your hand. I, I, I feel like a jerk, um, you know, not, but I, but I know we're not supposed to and all that. And like, you know, and then he laughed and then we just kind of, you know, I kind of, like I said, it broke the ice. So um, and there's like this new whole anti handshaking thing, like before the whole virus. Mm-hmm. Like I see people like online complaining, uh, "Why do I have to shake your hand?" It's like, 
dude, it's it's it's. I mean, you could do a, a triple indie in the ring, but shaking hands is really the hardest yeah, thing tough. you're going to do throughout the well, day. It's it's just a matter of, it's it's a matter of respect, you know. It's now, just, did you do what some people have affectionately called the uh, the the limp fish uh, handshake, or you know, where you're watching on the video, where it's just that that yeah. like gentle little. Um, or do or would you give? Because that's something in wrestling that some people, uh, fans at this point, everybody kind of knows or at least thinks they know everything. But um, but that was always I remember when I first was training at the Wild Smell and Training Center. That was something that I was kind of smartened up to was this kind of soft now, handshake. Whereas in the in the real world, like in 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 business, if I go and meet somebody, I'm I'm coming in with a firm handshake, you know. So, but do you do you, do you know the history of the handshake? I do, yes, but if you want to, well, yeah, share, yeah. For the folks at home, it's like people make fun of this soft handshake, right? And uh, I was always a firm handshaker, and then like when I went to train with Al, uh, you know, I gave him the handshake. He's like, "Oh, by the way, uh, when you're in this business, you shake hands like this, because if you're amongst people who aren't in the business, they could tell who's in the business, who is not, and it also tells." Let your opponent know that, hey, I'm giving you my face. Um, mm. You know, I'm not going to, or you're giving me your face to throw this working punch at. I'm not going to crowbar you. I'm not going to potato you. It's kind of right. like a code. Like, it's like a, it's, tr- funny, that, it's a trust thing. You know, it's like that, saying, hey, you know, we're giving each other each other's bodies. We're going to protect each other. So the handshake was just a code for in a room of people who you didn't, who you knew was a, or you're, in a room of people who could be workers and people who could not be workers, like mm-hmm. just a you know a fan or whatever, you did the handshake to let the other people in the room room know who you were. So. Mm-hmm. Now it's 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 funny. I don't remember exactly. It, it was not Afa, but I don't remember exactly who it was. But it was one of the uh, more established wrestlers that were there helping train, um, who did the exact same thing. It was my first came. I first started. It may have been like my like second day or so. Right. And I went in and went around cause I knew, I knew that much. I knew you go around and you shake hands, even just in training. I did that to all like the, right. uh, cause they had a lot of WXW was their, their promotion that was attached to it. And so they had a lot of people there and, um, that were wrestlers. So I went around, I would do that. And one of them was the one who, who smartened me up that and said, Hey, you know, when you're going to shake hands with the boys, this is how you want to do it. And, told me basically almost verbatim the exact same story that you just told. And, and it, and it makes sense. And it's, but it's always, you know, but it's such a weird thing because now that people don't do it now, you're trying, some people don't do it now. Like I found myself wondering like, well, what am I going to show? Cause now if I do that softer handshake to somebody who thinks that's ridiculous, do they now look at me and go, Oh God, he's one of those marks coming in here trying to do, you know, right. Uh, especially since I'm not coming in as a wrestler, you know, at this point I'm coming into a locker room as, as a, a guy from fight TV, nine times out of 10, you know, Hey, can I get an interview? So it's all, it's like, I never know what to do now. I feel like a guy like you, you know, who's been in the business, you know, and established, most of the time people are going to kind of go with whatever it is that you're doing. And e- either handshake doesn't bother me at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the further elaborate on the handshake thing is like, I was doing the handshake. And then once I uh, joined the ECW locker room, I was doing the handshake. 
And then Perry Saturn came up to me and said, brother, we shake hands like men here, you know, and we just, <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, you know, I, I knew my boundaries. Like, you, you know, every mm-hmm. time you go into a new locker room, it's like a, a job interview. You do, you, it's like a new relationship. You know, you're meeting a representative until somebody says, okay, this is yeah. how it is, you know? And it is confusing. Cause you look at it. I mean, if you took Al Snow and Perry Saturn, and forgetting even today, but you took them in the in their prime of their careers, nobody would be like, "Oh, trust this one over the other." I mean, they right. were, you know, who, well, how do you pick which which one's opinion to 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 take with you to the next place that but, you go, right? So, but also look at it this way: back, you know, the handshake was born, I believe, in the carnival days, and then there was the territory days where there wasn't this widespread. TV, there wasn't like social media. There wasn't, you didn't, right? Like there wasn't a thing where you knew somebody's credentials before they w- walked in the room. Some people walked into a room cold, mm-hmm. and they had no idea who, if if you were a worker or if you were just a mark. Right. So, the handshake was a way of going, "Hey, I'm one of the boys," because there wasn't this widespread known of insider terms and all that stuff. Yeah. Like uh, when I went down to Smoky Mountain. I went down, uh, I was training with Al, Al was with Smoky Mountain, they needed a referee for a show, so I rode with our referee, Steve Smith, who uh, we renamed Steve Schmegel. Uh, there's a story behind that. I'd like to hear that. Yeah, oh, right after this. Um, <laughs> and the funny thing is, we go we go down to the Smoky Mountain show, and uh, the booker there, I can't think of his name, and it's going to drive me nuts. Uh, I was like, yeah, I rode down with the referee. Uh, if he, uh, you know, I do the, the, the speech. Like, hey, hi, I'm Brian. I trained by Al. I know you got a full show, but, you know, if you need, I rode down with the re- referee, Steve. He goes, oh, yeah, Steve Smith. I went, nah, Steve Schmagel. You know, <laughs> he was like, <laughs> me, I, I, I was total, I was a total asshole for doing that, right? <laughs> I was like, no, Steve Schmagel. And he looked at me like I had three fucking eyes. He goes, Schmagel? I was like, yeah, Schmeggle. And then uh, <laughs> watch him try to spell it out. And then the, re- the, the announcer was like, your referee, Steve Schmeggle? Sh- 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 <laughs> oh, we're, we're going down to Smoke. I, I rode with Steve Schmeggle, Steve Smith, down to Smoky Mountain. And what, I went into, you know, they had separate locker rooms. So I went into each locker room, introduced myself with the worker handshake like I had been taught. Mm-hmm. And those guys who had never seen me a day in their life knew that I had, I was a, I was a wrestler, I was a worker. Mm-hmm. So, and, and this whole anti handshaking thing that I see on social media, like just annoys the fuck out of me because it's not like, you know, it, we, we, you're with, we're with each other, what, two hours, three hours a day, depending on the booker, you know, every mm-hmm. fucking booker's got to have their WrestleMania show. If you're going to book a show, have seven fucking matches, be over in an hour and a half, two hours, and call it a night so people go go out and have a fucking life afterwards. All right, people? All right, all right, all right Mr. Promoter Guy, who wants to have 15 <laughs> fucking matches on a show, and you want to put me on, you know, let, dude, put me on. If you put me on before intermission, I will fucking send you a Christmas card every year. <laughs> Put me on there for, I will bump out of the ring over the top rope and right to my fucking merch table. If you put me on before intermission, 
No, you, you gotta be. You run your show. Run a show once, once a month. A fucking month. Have fifteen <laughs> fucking matches. matches, and before the referee's hand comes down for the fucking final three count of your precious main event, people are putting on their fucking jackets and going to or towards the fucking door. Seven matches. That's it. That's all you need. You don't need to put everybody on your fucking show. If uh, you don't fit somebody on the show, they could be on next month's show. That way, you keep your roster fresh. But uh, but Mini, but he doesn't really care. I mean, this isn't something that Mini's oh no. thought about in the past or anything. And this is, I'm not aiming this at one person. This is just like 25 years of experience of being on. He's fun. naming it at all of you. If you have ever booked the Blue Meanie, this is aimed directly at you, dude. Dude, a wrestling show should be a part of an evening, not the whole fucking evening. <laughs> You hear me? Well, yeah. you know what? From a promoter standpoint, though, this show has been a part of their last probably, like you said, it's like a once a month. It's been a part of their last 30 days. So to them, they don't see it. You know, to them, this is their WrestleMania. This is their blow off. This is their big, you know, we have to every put month, all the time into it. We've got every fucking month, <laughs> 15 fucking matches. Look, 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 look. The part of running shows trying to make money. Less people on the show. Less people you got to fucking pay. Less matches, less money spent. You're still going to get the same amount of fucking tickets sold. It makes each sense. And every fucking month. Fucking run set. Look, if you do promoter, I know I'm getting off on a rant, but if you're a fucking promoter, think of it this way. You have a show. A guy brings a girlfriend out. They could go, hey, we're going to go check out this great wrestling show. Then afterwards, we could go out for food and go for drinks or do whatever. But if, like, you know, you're dragging your girlfriend to a show and she's like, when's this fucking thing going to end? You're not going to have a good night. No. So the, the whole thing is to make make the evening enjoyable for the people who are willing to leave their house, to come to your show, and spend money and watch your wrestling event. And if you're smart, if you're smart, you get a local restaurant and say, hey, sponsor a couple matches after the show. We'll have all our fans come over for a meet at your eatery and you can have dinner with the wrestlers and the wrestlers get to eat for free and wrestlers love free stuff so you know it's a it's a win 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 thing so you gotta really the lesson here is you have to think about you know that girlfriend or your wife or somebody that you're bringing um and if you if it's a shorter show they're gonna have a good time you're gonna go home but you don't want the good time to stop then and the worst thing that could possibly happen is if everything's going on and then she's just like what am i looking at so meanie one of the things i wanted to ask you most of all on the show is how are your balls uh rotund great uh, well well uh, you know my nickname in high school was all balls meanie now uh so uh <laughs> dude i am all balls it's just like a it's like an infant laying in a beanbag chair it's just it's just it's just fucking <laughs> you've never lived until you've sat on your own balls it's like you know uh, it's like you ever see that monument to the world's fair in New York the giant uh-huh. globe now imagine uh-huh. two of those like somebody went to photoshop and it's like let's compare the one on the right is very vascular <laughs> and <laughs> the one on the left an infant lying. <laughs> you, you ever see the movie Johnny Dangerously when they do the, uh, the hospital gimmick where uh, your testes and you, and the guys <laughs> walking around with huge nuts, huge balls, all balls, all balls meanie. 
So <laughs> there's a reason why I tagged with Balls Mahoney. Yeah. <laughs> later in my career. Nobody realized that the uh, that his tag- theme song was was talking about you and not actually even him. Yeah, we were totally miscast. Oh man, well, uh, <laughs> I knew this. I knew we were gonna have some fun with this, but uh, man, oh. that I haven't laughed that hard in a long you time. You said uh, you said a mouthful. Oh but, uh, man, and uh, uh, and you apparently have one. Yeah, so, well, yeah. Uh, but the most important thing is about that below-the-belt grooming, and that's why we are so happy to have a sponsor that we believe in, that Meanie truly, truly, not just believes in, needs. You need this. And our sponsor today is Manscaped. So thank you, Manscaped, for the support of the Mind of the Meanie podcast. Manscaped, for those who don't know, offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Now, this is... This is important because for people with such, uh, uh, I believe rotund was the way you, de- you described them. Yes. Yeah. Uh, rotund balls as the blue meanie. Um, it is very, very important because you can't, I guess somebody with, uh, with as uh, Jim Ross likes to say, uh, nuts that could fit in a thimble. For those people, you know, maybe nobody's really going to notice what's going on down there because it's just so small. But a, a man like the Blue Meanie, yes, uh, those those Daisy Dukes drop and and those massive uh, balls are just they're there. And the and- audience on Monday Night Raw when my balls fell out of my tight <laughs> and Golda set me up for the shattered dreams kick, and I'm looking up at the Titantron. And my balls are hanging out. And I look at Goldust. <laughs> Goldust goes, <laughs> as he's about to kick me in the nuts, uh, can I testify that I am very uh, testicularly uh, endowed. Wow. But uh, the, only, the only bad thing about Manscaped is it wasn't around like 20 years ago. Because plenty of times, you know, I've had, you know, uh, grooming accidents, you know, where I'm going to hedge, you know, get the... Uh, Edge the the, uh, the bushes, you know, trim the hedges, and uh, you know you have accidents. You know, you get the hedge clippers. You want to, you know, make the boys all presentable on your your first date, and then your your nuts look like fucking Abdul the Butcher's fucking forehead from pinching. So, mm. if Manscape had been around back in my day when I you know I was a young meanie out in the out in the town trying to get a date, uh, I wouldn't have looked like I was spotting my underwear so thank god thank god for manscape and thank god they're i thank god they they got to me now got me now so yeah i mean now they're just uh smooth as a baby's bottom from from what i uh from what i've been told smooth as a baby in a bean chair bean bag chair So, uh, <laughs> as Meanie takes a sip, uh, it's important. So, you talked about uh, you wish it was around 20 years ago, but here's what's great. Manscaped was around, uh, let's say, even just a year ago, but that wasn't even as as good as we have it today because they're on their third generation trimmer. That's right. The Lawn Mower 3.0. The Manscaped engineering team has spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. And they just released this lawnmower 3.0. It's third generation. Uh, it features cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. Uh, the, the accidents, meaning they're finally 
a thing of the past. I wish uh, Manscaped was a human. I would take him to McCusker's for a beer once McCusker's opens up. But, uh, dude, dude, I, that straight shoot, no, no, yes, no lie. I've had so many accidents. <laughs> it, uh, and thank God for uh, Manscaped because uh, they're, you know, you move away. Where, where a dog used to be a man's best friend, now we have Manscaped. So. Yeah, and listen, it's it's not, you know, we're talking about the balls, but this is, you know, they come with multiple heads on there that you can do for different parts of the body. If you're, I mean, look, hey, we're talking to people, people in the wrestling business might be listening to this, and uh, the worst thing for them is that they're, they're going to come out of this, this pandemic ready to get back in the ring, and maybe they haven't uh, shaved their chest or their armpits or their legs or their arms or their heads or their whatever well manscaped is going to take care of that for you some of the really cool features uh their battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take as long as you want and i don't necessarily think you need to take 90 minutes well to, uh, well i might need two of them then. you might yes, i might need two meanie has two uh, of these lawnmowers just you one know, constantly I, charging while the other's in use i keep them in a holster and uh, just you know, when I'm ready, and then uh, one of the, one of the other uh, really cool features that you probably wouldn't have even thought about is they have an LED light which illuminates the grooming area for a closer, more precise trimming. And you know that that's the thing too is when you're trying to trim down there, you're leaning over to do that. Unless you're uh, you know a, a big proponent of DDP yoga, maybe you can uh, maybe you can be laying on your back and doing it a different way. But, uh, or, yeah, in my, or in my case, use a telescope. But, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, don't. The, the LED light, definitely, uh, would, would, I mean, like I said, I wish all this stuff existed when, you know, yeah. back before uh, my, in my younger years. But, you know, the LED light, man, that's just a bonus right there. Here's a, we got some more for you, too. Uh, they've also, they've upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor. With quiet stroke technology, so it's 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 not very loud. Uh, you can go into the bathroom; nobody needs to know that that's what it is that you're trimming. It can be a nice surprise for your significant other when you come out there. They don't know that you were in there making it just right for your nighttime activities. But let's not forget about the charging stand. Okay, show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. That's right. You'll be working at your computer all day. We are in a time everybody's working from home now. What happens if you're working from home, you're on a, 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 you get off your Zoom call and please get off your Zoom call before you do this. You could have your lawnmower 3.0 plugged directly into your computer as a power source and just, man, bit the, the meeting's over, boom, trim your balls. I mean, if that's not... If that's not uh, the dream, I don't know what is. Technology, brother, technology, and they—they they are on the forefront of the uh, the the, the uh, underkeeping. So, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, dude. When you think about all the options they give you and the uh, discreetness of of doing it, because there's nothing worse than firing up those hedge climbers and the, the noisy sound mm-hmm. of of buzzers going near your most essential essential parts. Oh. And uh, it can make you shrink up and it cause more damage. But hey, the quiet tone of the manscaper makes you relaxed and makes them go, "Hey, how you doing?" And 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 Meanie hit the nail on the head right there. Uh, essential. These are your essential parts in a time where the only thing going on today are things that are essential. 
this is still essential. You're it may be more than ever because you're locked in with somebody. You're locked in with yourself. God, have some have some uh, some self respect and and uh, and clean it up down there. You know what I'm saying? So listen, if you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, I would like to do this. I want to clean my balls the way that the blue meanie does. Well, guess what? You're in luck. You can get 20% off and free shipping by using the code MEANIE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the promo code MEANIE. That's what we're giving. We're giving them 20% off, MEANIE. By just mentioning your name, they can have smoother balls for cheaper. Hey, and that's what we're here for. That's what the uh, mind of the meanie here is not only entertain, but get your uh, nether region out of the 70s and into the new millennium with yeah. uh, Manscaped. So don't 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 embarrass yourself when you go for, you know, for that hot date or show show the woman in your life that you love them. By yeah. Smooth, kissable, huggable. All right, so where were we with some of our conversation before we were talking about that? Hey, here's something where talking were about... We before, where were we before <laughs> I whipped my balls out? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> speaking speaking of things that are significantly larger than the average person, uh, you were featured in the Andre the Giant book that's coming out. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, the, uh, the other night, uh, I was... Uh, I was perusing the internet and I just saw an advertisement for the Andre the Giant book, which is uh, available for pre-order on Amazon.com by the fine uh, folks uh, Bertrand Hebert and Pat Laprade, uh, or Laprade, whichever you prefer to say. Uh, two great guys I've known forever, and uh, two great guys I met I see every year at the Cauliflower Alley reunion. Um, Last year, we were at the Cauliflower Alley reunion, and I was walking around, and uh, they both had take notice, took notice to the Andre the Giant tattoo I have on my leg. And uh, the Andre the Giant tattoo is something I've always wanted. You know, uh, I love Andre. You know, I said before, I'll say it again. You know, growing up asthmatic, I always felt like an outcast. And then, you know, you see Andre, and then you hear stories about how he always felt he felt like an outcast being that big and being, you know, constantly stared at, you know, when I was asthmatic, my grandfather would have to bring, you know, a nebulizer machine to to grade school, you know, while other kids are out playing that recess, I'm in the cafeteria with this big machine, breathing the medicine and kids are coming in and they're, you know, staring at me. Why has Brian got this big machine and all this medicine and all this stuff? So I kind of related to that. And uh, I latched on to Andre and uh, uh, when I, you know, growing up, I started getting tattoos, and I try. And when it comes to tattoos, I always try to do something a little bit personalized. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if somebody points that goes, you know, they go, "What's that tattoo about?" I have a story behind it. You know, and uh, I always wanted a uh, an Andre tattoo, and uh, I talked to. I have a buddy who's an artist, Howie uh, Noel, who does who has a really cool. Uh, comic book called uh, Terra Normal uh, and a friend of wrestling, friend of everything. Uh, and he took on, he, he raised his hand. He's like, Hey, I'd love to, de- to design that for you. Nice. So, uh, you know, what came to the concept of the Andre the Giant tattoo, I based it on, you know, every time Andre would have like 
a handicap match where it'd be Andre against like three guys and he would stack them up on each other, sit on them and, you know, raise his hand for the one, two, three. Well, why not do that with Andre sitting on the, on the, the globe, sitting on the world, like Andre the Giant conquering the world. And, Which is uh, also something, as we found out today, that you can relate to. Yes. Uh, sitting on a globe-sized uh, sphere. Yeah, but he did singular. I do it. Those globes, those globos. Yeah. He's, he's more of a, a John Cruck type situation, whereas. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we said we'd talk sports on this show, right? Hey. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Go no, 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 no. Uh, there's a side road to be. Uh, Reel me back into the Andre story, but okay. uh, John Cruck played for the Philadelphia Phillies, mm-hmm. legendary guy in the town for what the Philadelphia Phillies did in 93. Mm-hmm. After the 93 season, he found out he had testicular cancer, right? Mm-hmm. So he goes through the procedure. They remove one of his testicles. So he goes back to play for the Phillies. I don't know if it was spring training or regular season, but... Uh, Harry Callis, the legendary voice of the Phillies, and also the voice of uh, NFL films, walks up to him, hey, uh, Crocker, uh, when you go up to the plate, uh, you know, just uh, swing at the first uh, swing at the first thing, even if it's a ball, just, you know, you know swing at it. He's like, why? He's like, I don't have to go up there and say, uh, John Crook. You know, no balls. <laughs> <laughs> or John Cock, one, one no, no no strikes, one ball. <laughs> you know, Harry Callis went up to him. He's like, I don't want to have to say no strikes, one ball. <laughs> you know, <it's>, oh. <laughs> that's a, like a legendary story John Cruck has told. Um, what you call it? Uh, but where were we? Uh, oh, back, uh, back to, the, to Andre. the Giant. Yes, yeah. We're we're telling a really uh, emotional story about how much it meant to you, and I brought your balls into it. Well, so. well. Rock. Yeah, and is brought cancer into the thing, dude. I know. You uh, know what's, what's what's interesting is you're talking about that. He's probably the reason that like my generation associates like the one ball thing with John Cruck is probably the first time anyone like my age ever heard of something like that. Yeah, you know, and that's why it was uh, unfortunately. It's I don't want to get into a whole PSA about you know check yourself and and all of that stuff, but I mean you should. I have Why no not? problem in that case. I'm yeah, like, you have no problem yeah. at all. People just walking down the street know whether or not you've got something going on in there. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that that's I'm thinking about. It. That's probably what it is. But uh, yeah, but hey, John Cruck, we love they, you. They think it's my stomach. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Meanie actually has a six pack. You have no idea what he's just hanging hey. in front of. He is tucked up. The, okay, all right. Back, oh, back to Andre the Giant. Wild card, bitches. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, oh, uh, so Howie Noel, another great artist, uh, mm-hmm. friend of the show, friend of wrestling, him and you know, Al Haney, two, two great guys in my life that are incredibly incredible artists. Uh, he, did, he drew it up, and I have a friend named Fred who goes by Fredward. I have a they, brother named Fred. Yeah, Fred at uh, Street Road Tattoo uh, up not near Bristol. It's on Street Road. So uh, uh, he, he does amazing work. He does amazing tattoos. And I brought you know, two of my friends together, Howie and Fred, to come together on my Andre the Giant tattoo. And wow. um, does he really go by Fredward? Yeah, it, it's like this whole thing. He's got this. Is whole it a joke, or is it actually his name? Well, no, it's it's Fred. 
Okay. Uh, like he went and made up these like you know how like, like there was on speaking of Andre, remember the Andre the Giant has a posse yeah. uh stickers. He's got these stick- stickers that are all over like Philly area. It's like him but as a skeleton, kinda like a misfits thing. It just okay. in the misfits font it says Fred Word. So if you go That's like awesome. the, if you go to the the Oregon Diner, there's like a Fred Word sticker in the parking lot. You see them all over town, which is it's great. Well to to my brother who's listening to this, uh I will more than likely now be calling you Fred Word. <laughs> you can thank the meanie. Yes. It's my fault. I'll take the blame. I'll take the heat. Uh, gladly. I don't know him, so fuck him. So, uh, <laughs> uh, now, now he's, he's either laughing or he's half hot at this point. Yeah, oh, he just punched the screen uh, yeah. or he threw his phone or he, he kicked his poodle. Oh. Um, and if he doesn't have one, buy him one. Um, just to kick out a reaction anytime Meanie says something. Get him a stuffed yeah, one so we don't get heat. We don't yeah. have Sarah McLaughlin knocking on their fucking door. You know what he's doing right now? He's he's furious because you were actually his favorite wrestler of all time. He's just ripping posters off the wall right now, blue Meanie posters. Yeah. Turn, burning them. He's drawing tiny balls on them now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna, there's going to be a rumor on the internet now. You're not going to know why it started. It's going to be in your Wikipedia. Yeah. He's going to go in and he's going to, Fred, that's what you need to do. Go into Meanie's Wikipedia and just start this horrible rumor that he has the smallest balls. But then people are going to come with, with screenshots from Raw yeah. and, they're ju- and they're just going to disprove that. But did it make it on the air or did they cut the camera? This was the Raw where they, like it was a Monday, they had the live on Tuesday. Oh, this was the tape record. one. But if you, like, for the it's on, it's on YouTube. Uh, and for whatever reason, it has the Fox logo on it. I don't know why, if it was Monday Night Raw. But uh, I was coming out to the ring as Raw Boy, which is going to be a parody of the Nitro Girls. And he just jumps me. I roll down the thing. He throws me in the ring, sets me up for the Shattered Dreams kick, runs, and kicks me right in the nuts. So, uh, you know, in ECW, my balls always made an appearance because I wasn't, <laughs> I'm wearing the Daisy Dukes. I'm wearing tidy whiteies because I wasn't cool yet. Uh, I wasn't, you know, smart enough to, you know, get the colored underwears. Just like uh. The fucking skid mark special. <laughs> you know, my ass was just eating my underwear. And it just looked like I had racing stripes. But, um, yeah, my balls always came out in ECW. And then, um, you know, smart enough to wear tights. So I was amazed that my nuts made an appearance. Like when, like, Goldust threw me in. Because you just feel it happening. You know, like, and you can't adjust. It's like when you sit up somebody for a moonsault, you got to put them in that spot because once you go to the top rope, you can't back down and readjust. So when he put my legs up, I know I couldn't fucking reach down and tuck. Uh, (laughs) So I'm sitting there like cats in a cradle style. I look up at the Titan Tron and I just hear, you know, and oh no. And they, you know, they say the camera adds 10 pounds. I was wondering how many cameras they had on my balls because they look huge <laughs> on the Titan Tron. And <laughs> so Goldust looks at me, looks at my nuts, looks back at me and goes, <laughs> like, <laughs> like a gulp. And he runs and he fucking kicks me, right? So I take the bump, sell, go back to the locker room. And this was somewhere. For whatever reason, the production truck was inside the building. Mm. I walked by the production truck. Somebody came out, and they're like, Meanie! Yeah, with the fist on it, and I got like a little golf clap, and then there's people at the monitor, you know, right outside Gorilla, and you know, I got the little golf clap. 
And, uh, you know, Ludo's like, <laughs> me and your balls fell out. <laughs> so we go to the locker room, and I'm going to take my fucking paint off. And hold us, you know, Dustin walks in. He's standing right next to me. He goes, man, uh, your balls fell out. I was like, yeah. He's like, look like uh, two hoofs coming out of your tights. Like, he said, Dustin said it looked like I was giving birth to a baby calf. Like, you know, when the little legs come out, like, so oh, I was just man. like, and then uh, flash forward years later, I do a show in uh, Cleveland for uh, JT Lightning, God rest his soul. And uh, Luna was there. She's like, Manny, remember that time your balls fell out in the raw? So this became a point of contention anytime somebody saw me. Man. But uh, back to the Andre tattoo. So you got an Andre the Giant tattoo. <laughs> so I got an Andre the Giant tattoo. Uh, my boy Fred, a.k.a. Fred Word, at Street Road Tattoo. Uh, I want to say in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania, right next. There used to be a club I used to go see bands there called The Barn back in the day. So that's how I kind of remember that. It's right down the street on Street Road. Uh, he, he's done my Andre the Giant tattoo. He's uh, done my. I got a tattoo of my mom's signature on my mm-hmm. over my heart. Okay. Did that, uh, and he did my Toynbee tile tattoo, which I don't know if you're familiar with the Toynbee tiles in Philly. No. Uh, if, wait, the, wait. It's a twenty. Oh. The uh, the tiles are in the streets. Yeah, okay. randomly placed. Okay. For those who don't know, there's a great documentary. Look it up called Resurrect Dead. It's about this whole phenomena of the Toynbee tiles tattoos that show start showing up in Philly, wow. late '80s, up until you know late 2000s or you know mid 2000s. How did I not know about this? Oh, wow. dude, it's wow. Like if you walk around South, I've seen. I I know I've seen them, but I just didn't know it was. I didn't know it was like a thing. I you know, and 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 the documentary find it does the whole origins of where this docu where these things started popping up, and there's news clippings, you know, and then like one showed up in Brazil and had the address for a house in South Philly, which was bizarre. So it's like this whole like mystery thing. It's like a cloak and dagger kind of this guy trying to find out who's laying these tiles all over South Philly or awesome. all over the world because they show they start showing up in New York, Chicago, Washington. They're like how, and like if you're walking down the street, you might not notice unless you were looking down at these things. The Twin B tiles, T O Y N B E tiles. So you can even do it like a YouTube search or you know. Google search Toynbee tiles. Uh, my boy Fredward did uh, a tattoo of that, which he said he liked doing so much that he would never ever do one ever again. Like so, like I would be the only Toynbee tile tattoo that he did, and I got it because it was so Philadelphia. I know exactly what these are. Okay, I never you... knew. I'm, I just googled it. I'm looking them up. Right, read um, it. Read it out loud for the folks at home. Okay, the, the Toynbee tiles, also called Toynbee plaques, are messages of unknown origin found embedded in asphalt on streets in about two dozen major cities in the United States and four South American cities. Since the 1980s, several hundred tiles have been discovered. They're generally about the size of an American license plate, uh, but sometimes considerably larger. They contain some variation of the following inscription. Toynbee idea... In movie 2001, Resurrect Dead on planet Jupiter. So if you look up, so I, doc, look up the documentary Resurrect Dead, and it's 
I've definitely time. seen these before and never yeah. ne- just, you know, I mean, we've got such cool stuff in Philly and you know, I, I grew up outside of Philly. My dad was from South was from South Philly, but right. uh, I grew up out, outside in the suburbs. Um, but anytime I'd, I'd be in Philly, you know, there's such cool things, whether it's like a mural that somebody did or something, yeah. you know, so many cool things there that I kind of just accepted it as, Oh, well, that's obviously some kind of cool thing going on. Never knew it was like a thing. Never really. I'm looking at these like pictures now. I never knew that it was really like, that's really Have cool. you, have you seen the new show dispatches from elsewhere on AMC? I have not. No, dude. Uh, you're cause you're, we're talking about Toymy tiles. You brought up murals. If you watch the show, uh, dispatches from elsewhere, which was filmed in Philly, primarily uh, South Philly, Center City, and Fishtown. It's like a love letter to Philly because they get all the all the big murals and stuff like that. Like Philly's nice. like a really artistic town. Yeah. And there's like this, the huge mural for Fishtown. Uh, there's all these art constellations all over South Philly. A lot of people don't know about because Anytime, like, there's a football game, they just show Pats and Geno's. On yeah. <laughs> Let's show them making cheese days. Yeah. Dude, you, you can see show the, see the art, art museum. That's yeah, it. The Rocky Steps, you know. But, like, seriously, Philly is, like, a very artistic town where you can, you can walk down the street and you can see a glass mosaic. You know, yeah. Stuff like that. Well, well that's what I'm saying. Like, I never thought these were anything more than just – look, for all I know, the glass mosaic has a, a, a story behind it that I just kind of always just accepted it as, hey, here's – just something we have here in Philly. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the the show dispatches from elsewhere. It's like a, a huge love letter to Philly, but it's also based off a documentary called The Institute, hmm. uh, where this this millionaire, maybe even billionaire, does this real elaborate uh, game, like kind of like a cloak and dagger game, where they put like these fake flyers up all over the city, and they got a fake radio feed and all this stuff, and some people took it as a game, a fun game they were going along for, and then some people thought it was like a secret uh, government thing. <laughs> and some people took the game li- li- too seriously, kind of like pro wrestling. You know, some yeah. people are into pro wrestling for the fun. Some people take it way too fucking serious. Dude, we have uh, people who think that 5G uh, internet is what caused the coronavirus. So there are people in this world yeah. who have yeah. thoughts. They I don't want to go. On, I, I, no, I, I I'm could, just. I'm just saying. Yeah. People have thoughts. That's... Yeah, people have thoughts, yes. and sometimes they should keep them to themselves. You know, yes. just, I, I there's a whole like, like I said when uh, we started this thing. I don't want to go too deep. Yep. I want to keep it fun. Yep. But uh, <laughs> back to the institute, because uh, yes. like uh, uh, Jason Siegel, who from mm-hmm. uh, forgetting uh, Sarah Marshall. Yes. And, uh, yeah. And, and uh, how I met your mother? Yes, he saw the documentary, and oh, oh love that okay. I, and he's in the the Jason TV Seagulls. show now, right? Okay, I, I've seen commercials for it during like Walking Dead and stuff. Okay, I know what you're talking about now. Jason Siegel, Andre three thousand, the Flying Nun. What's her name? She was always with Burt Reynolds. Oh God. I'll just oh look God. it. I'll just look it up. That's what I always do. I don't use my brain anymore. We are the least prepared show. Yeah. That's why, and that's what I like. The, no, but I'm glad this is like the parts of uh, this. I, I highly recommend the show because I'm about to tonight. I'm going to watch the last two episodes. 
of tonight's show because it's like uh, a limited series, just uh, 10 episodes. That's right. Who else do we have here? And a lot of it was filmed in my neighborhood, which was cool oh, for Sally, me. Sally Field. Sally Field, Andre yep. 2000, um, Jason Siegel. A bunch of people uh, I don't really some, recognize. Some newer but, people, yeah. but it's so well done. Uh, Mrs. Meany liked the show because the one guy who plays the uh, head of the organization was in the Spice Girls movie. Uh, <laughs> that's her jam. And it's actually a good Spice Girls movie. Yeah. How's it compare to a 90 Day Fiance? Oh, my God. That's a fucking <laughs> shit show. I saw a picture that you posted of your face while watching it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, man, I, you know, my wife has watched some things before and she's kind enough to do it while I'm not, you know, <laughs> forced to watch it. But she, I mean, she watched, there was like one, I don't remember what it was called, but it was about like, it was like one of the like, reality show about like a Mormon and you had like all our sister wives, I think it was called. Yeah. And I could never watch. I was that. like, nah, 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 I'm not going to yeah. do that. Um, but I guess that was her guilty pleasure, but no, she has not. Uh, I don't know that she knows about this and I'd like to keep it that way. But, but again, thankfully she doesn't listen to this. Unlike, uh, unlike my brother who, who is still furious right now from uh, being. Fredward. Being, uh, yes. My brother, Fredward. Well, well, here's the thing. Like I, uh, and I'm going to have this disclaimer. I know reality sh- TV shows are a work mm-hmm. like, like that. They're, they're like, shoot situations that they put them in work. Yeah. You know, we, there's, there's parts of me and me and Mrs. Meany are watching 90 day fiance. And we both, when they get to that point, we both yell out manufacture drama, <laughs> you know? manufacture drama. You know, we, you know, we throw up the, you know, the sirens and stuff like that. Cause we know when there's, they're putting these people in a work situation. To, yeah. just to add, Cause like if, if I was single, if I was on 90 Day Fiance, it would be the most boring thing because I'd be like, okay, that's great. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> eh, you want to do that? Eh, all right. Yeah. You know, but uh, here's that. Well, like, here's the thing. Like, we, we were running out of shit to watch with this coronavirus thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, some people don't know uh, Mrs. Meany, my Tracy. She's friends with a guy named Larry who was on before the 90 Days. I have a show called Before the 90 Days where hmm. the guy goes, I, I think, don't fact check me. <laughs> Buy the shirt. Meaning.com. Don't fact check me, but there's the show Before the 90 Days where I think the guy goes overseas to meet the woman to bring her over to uh, get okay. the uh, visa. So uh, tra- Mrs. Meaning's friend, Larry, uh, was on before the 90 days. He met a girl named, I want to say Jenny. Uh, he went to Thailand and all this stuff. So like her friends, uh, social media started blowing up. She's like, Oh my God, Larry's on the show. So we start watching 90 days. And then after 90 day fiance, once we're all caught up, we'll probably dive into before the 90 days. Pre- the prequel. Yeah. 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 And then, um, yeah, so we've been watching ninety day, uh, ninety day, ninety day fiance. I keep wanting to say ninety day Beyonce. Man, I, uh, a lot of people would check that out too. Yeah, because you know I'm the parody guy, so I'm always thinking of like alternative <laughs> ways to say things. When this when this uh, virus is over, that's nine, ninety day Beyonce is uh, or ninety day Blue Anse <laughs> yeah. is uh, what I'm expecting to see. 
if they haven't, you know, queued the asteroid by then and take us all out <laughs> just to, this is rough, dude. Uh, but back to the Andre. The Giant. <laughs> Your tattoo has faded in the amount of time we've been trying to just I, tell the story about it. My tattoo needs a fucking touch up, touch up by Fred Word. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get up the street road tattoo and get a touch up. Yeah, I've had my uh, brother. My brother's gonna be waiting for you with a needle, going, "Hey, you need a touch up, Meanie." Yeah, <laughs> I, heard, I heard what you said about me on the show. So here, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's got a lot of balls. <laughs> But uh, yeah, back to the Andre the Giant book with uh, Bertrand uh, Abert and Pat Laprade, however you keep first being pronounced. Uh, we were at the Cauliflower Alley and they took a photo of my tattoo. And uh, I also gave them this, you know, they interviewed me and I basically gave you this, you know, the same rundown. I gave them the same rundown. I just did, you know, how I related to Andre. And uh, I just got a uh, working copy of the book. Yeah, you know, well, you know, a sneak preview as a, a thank you for being a part of the book, and it's a fantastic book. So, uh, you know, if you go on uh, Amazon, uh, Amazon, you can pre-order Andre the Giant, Eighth Wonder of the World uh, book, and it's it's so beautifully done, so so well written, and uh, you can see uh, the blue mini tattoo. Nice. And you can also go on your social media and you've you posted a picture there. Yeah. Um, definitely check out that. I'm, I'm excited to read that book. Um, any, any more that I can learn about Andre the giant. It's just so, you know, yeah, uh, such an interesting guy. And uh, there was that HBO documentary about him. That was just fascinating. And yeah, yeah man, Andre, they, the they, giant. They, they, they could have done like a whole series. Oh yeah. The only thing I, I hated about the Andre the giant documentary is it wasn't long enough, you know? Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's it's weird, you know. You see people watch these docu series like, oh, that's just too long. It's like, dude, when it comes to documentaries, we, nothing's long enough. We had a, a fan of of our show contact us on social media that he loved our show, but um, it was a lot for him to get through uh, in one sitting. Um, and our social media reminded him that now you get the mind of the meanie multiple days because you can stop after 30 minutes or a half hour or an hour or whenever you want to. And this can, and, and it can hold you over in little bits and pieces until next week's mind of the meanie. And his response was basically, I hadn't thought of it that way. That's great. I'm subscribed. Yeah. I'm excited. And I was like, Oh good. It's like, cause if you went back and be like, no, I'm telling you it's too much. I don't want this, but uh, yeah, but yeah, no. Uh, yeah, even if the show seems a little bit long, I mean, we're doing two hours roughly, and we don't mm-hmm. plan it this way. We're, no. we're just talking. But like, hey, no, we just try to tell one story, and then we go off on a tangent, of, you know, about your balls for a really long time. Right, yeah. and then we talk about Andre, and yep. you know, all this stuff, and then we, I start talking about uh, you know, dispatches from elsewhere. Mm-hmm. We're talking about toying tiles. Can, can I just, can I just say though, with our, our sponsor Manscaped, if you enjoyed that plug for Manscaped. Go use promo code Meanie because Please. we want them to keep coming back so that we can talk more about Meanie's balls. Imagine, imagine the the possibilities, and this is all in your hands, the hands of 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 the of the Pod Squad, for you to go and get my uh, uh, Manscaped to come back to Mind of the Meanie as a sponsor, so that we can every single week bring you more and more detailed uh, commentary on the Blue Meanie's balls. I know the manscaped. There we, there we go. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, 
Where do we go from there? Uh, hey, did you finish um, The Good Place? I know you said you were running out of things to watch. Dude, no. I, thank God you reminded me to watch that. We, we Like me and Mrs. Meany like to binge. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank God The Good Place is one of those shows where you don't really have to worry about people spoiling it online. Right. Yeah. Where you're like avoiding social media for like at least a day and a half to where like uh, the, the, the uh, fervor, you know. Yeah. You know, Faster, you know, cools down a little bit. Where, dude, some people do play by play, like they're trying auditioning for a job at TV Guide. Or I something. hate, like, I hate that. And and then meanwhile, though, at the end of the show, they go, "Oh, I didn't get it." I was like, "Well, maybe if you weren't live tweeting about the show, you yeah. would have seen some of the plot points." It's very, like very similar to a uh, to an opinion that I gave on this past month. So says Chernoff, which you were a guest on. I gave that opinion about uh, somebody giving a star rating to a match at WrestleMania this year. That maybe while you're tweeting during the match, you're possibly just suggesting taking yourself out of the story that's being told. But uh, that's so says Chernoff on Fight TV. And that was a five star opinion in my book. Oh, thank uh, you very much. Yeah, no, no, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Wrestling is not supposed to be Woodward and Bernstein. It's, <laughs> it's you know, it, it's supposed to be fun. You know, I can I can understand people, you know, have to make a living reporting on wrestling, but not everything has to be hard hitting. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be inside edition. It doesn't have to be hard copy or um, a current affair. <laughs> you know, it, it could be fun, and uh, you know. Not everything's going to hit. And if, look, if, if you're a fan and a certain product, certain promotion isn't hitting your sweet spot, watch something else. So many promotions you can watch. And you know what, Meanie? Instead of talking about, uh, I'll let you get to that point. Instead of talking about the thing you hate, promote the thing you love. You know what I'm saying? Very, very good point. All the negative energy you're getting. Like, look, Vince has, all, has been the heel since the 80s. If you liked Crockett, Vince was the heel. If you liked Vern, Vince was the heel. If you liked WCW, Vince was the heel. He'll never be the good guy in this situation. And that's just the way people have this predisposition. But instead of shitting on Vince every day, promote Ring of Honor. Promote MLW. Promote AEW. Promote New Japan. Promote the Monster Factory. Do you know what I'd like to promote? What would you love to promote, Mr. Chernoff? SOS Custom Wrestling Network. Because I, I, that, that's an alternative to WWE. Absolutely. Because you can go to SOSCustomNetwork.com and you can view some of the best independent wrestling from the Carolinas and beyond. So, again, it means he's talking about you're not liking what's on Raw, turn it off. Go to SOSCustomNetwork.com. You can witness wrestlers such as CM Punk, Colt Cabana, and the SATs before they were stars, which is also an interesting thing to be able to do because it puts in perspective the the uh, the journey that this talent has taken to get wherever they are. You relive the unforgettable moments made by true stars of the profession, featuring ECW icon The Sandman, uh, WWE, Hall, WWE Hall of Famers, The Rock and Roll Express, and the blue guy himself the blue meanie come on now that's reason enough to tune in original programming like interviews commentary uh professional match critiques uh from professionals and deep dives into the inner workings of an independent wrestling promotion which is very interesting there's over 500 hours of wrestling content for only 4.99 a month 
That is, if you're sitting here during this pandemic and you are you are going out of your mind and you're not enjoying the wrestling that's on TV, drop $4.99 and you will be set for five hundred hours of wrestling content i can't recommend that enough uh, and for a special for the mind of the meanie podcast listeners you can go and enter the promo code meanie at checkout for 40 percent off the first month subscription price that's 40 percent off and if i could do math i would tell you what that total is going to be 40 percent off of 4.99 but i'm not even gonna try because i don't want to show up the blue meanie with my math skills uh, you can go, look, this is a great opportunity to uh, support indie wrestling and the Mind of the Meanie podcast. And you can follow them on social media. Twitter is at SOS Custom WN and Facebook is SOS Custom Wrestling Network. And again, the website is www.soscustomnetwork.com. We really thank them for being a sponsor on the show. And again, I mean, this is, we tell all these stories. Meanie tells all these stories. Go check out some old school blue meanie. It's really cool to be yeah. able to have that for only four ninety nine, less forty percent. And you know, uh, I'm buddies with uh, Boomer over there at SOS, and uh, he's a hardworking dude, man. And he's got this SOS network. And uh, what better way to pass time with this coronavirus? I mean, I can I can easily spend five bucks. You no, know, well, when I was allowed to leave the house. And, you know, on a, on a burger or something like that. If you got five bucks a month, you're getting quality wrestling entertainment and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, I mean, Boomer's a good dude, and SOS is saving, you know, saving our wrestling uh, need, our wrestling hunger, our wrestling thirst, whatever the men- yep. millennials are saying. <laughs> I can't even get the word out of my mouth. I, I don't know what millennials are ever saying. Uh, SOS and uh, Boomer over there are doing a fantastic job. And, uh, I, Greatly appreciate this sponsorship because you know times are tough right now, and you know, this, you know invest in our show and also give fans quality wrestling, uh, you know, content is is essential. It is in times like this because I need something to watch, and probably after this, I'll be over there at the SOS Network watching watching some old school wrestling with myself. I, I love I'm me some rock now. and roll. I love myself some rock and roll express. So I love uh, myself some Blue Meanie. Ah, thank you. That's why I hired you. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously, folks, go over there, check them out, uh, watch some fun wrestling, and like, and promote the things you love. So we're promoting the thing we love, which is old school, good quality wrestling. With you'd, be, you'd be so surprised. You know, we mentioned CM Punk, Colt Cabana, the SATs, which of course, you know, that amazing red came from the SATs. Um, the the SAT stands for Spanish announce team for people who might not remember them. Yeah. Um, but they were great. And you know, that that's something that I always look at, at stuff like this and see, and yeah, you can see stuff on YouTube, but you're searching, you don't know what you're getting here. It is right for you. It's there. Just go and watch these things. It's so cool to see this talent when they were cutting their teeth, when they were up and coming. That to me is just, yeah. it is, that's when you're getting, not that anybody ever gets lazy by any means. I mean, you see Cole Cabana's on AEW now. He's working his ass off. But you see at the point where before he was the Cole Cabana that everybody knows, before CM Punk was dropping pipe bombs, this is an opportunity to really get to see these people uh, and see what, what independent wrestling looked like 
years ago when it was, you know, and that gives you an idea of what independent wrestling looks like now when we return. And you look at that and you'll start to say, hey, the next CM Punk, the next Colt Cabana, the next Blue Meanie, these guys are there now. They're cutting their teeth now. So go back and take a look and really it'll, it'll allow you to realize what's out there today. So again, that's SOS Custom Wrestling Network, SOSCustomNetwork.com. We thank them so much for supporting the mind of the Meanie. Go support them. Promo code Meanie. And if I, if I may, uh, dude, uh, I'm sure I was on some of these shows that he has on his network. And uh, I was on shows with Colt Cabana and CM Punk. Uh, they're most notably shows out west for uh, my buddy Norm Connors. And uh, I just saw right away the talent that they had. It was, it was also uh, it was CM Punk, Colt Cabana, Chris Hero. Mm. And, the Hero? Uh, we need a hero in the, in this dark time, and it looks like oh, the, hero, the hero is returning. Absolutely, it's, it's a shame that he uh, you know lost his spot at NXT, mm-hmm. but he's not going to be hurting for work. No. You know, he's he, the, the the independent world will definitely you know take advantage of his skills. He's, and, he's such a great kid. I, I met him; he was a young kid, and he. You could just have a conversation with that with him, and he was so knowledgeable. Well, that's a, so, a guy like Chris Hero. That, in my opinion, um, whenever he hangs up the boots, that's a guy you're going to find. I wouldn't be surprised you found him back working behind the scenes with an NXT one day, or an AEW, or any of the other promotions that are out there. That's a guy who just gets professional wrestling. He gets it in ring. He gets you know the the showmanship of it. Um, doesn't have the the traditional look which i think has held him back in places like the wwe um but but he's uh man hell of a wrestler well i mean it's it's a non-wwe traditional look but like if you go well, back that's what i mean like, yeah traditional oh, yeah, yeah. WWE look yeah. oh it's not a slight either mm-hmm. but uh uh he look look we went through this last week with everybody being released and uh go on youtube and um there's a great YouTube channel, Hannibal TV, mm-hmm. uh, by you know Hannibal the Wrestler. Great guy. I've been on this channel plenty of times. He did an interview with Al Snow, and I again I keep saying when I was training with Al Snow and Al, Al is my 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 go to guy. He's he's the reason why I'm here. And yeah, I sometimes I, I could look. We talked about being Al Snow guys. You know, my my connection with Al was when I was in OVW, and I had mentioned earlier about training at the Wild Samoan Training Center. Um, I trained multiple places when I got to sit next to Al Snow during these, uh, live events with OVW, that was my, I don't want to call it finishing school because I, I could, you know, you could fill a room with the amount that I still have to learn about this business. But Al Snow was like anything I'd ever learned about wrestling. He just tied it in a bow for me. Like he just, you know, would just explain, this is why. So I, I'm completely on, you know, on track with you. Al Snow is, uh, you know, that that's a guy who I proudly say any little bit of training that I was able to get from Al, you know, I call myself an Al Snow guy, uh, proudly. So yeah, so so keep saying it, Meanie. Uh, go on YouTube, go to the Hannibal channel, and there, he does full long long form shoot interviews, but then he breaks down to clips, and. Uh, Look up the video, Al Snow shoots on Cody Rhodes leaving WWE. And this can apply to everybody, especially Chris Hero, who was just recently released from WWE. 
And the main point is you can always go back. You know, whether you you left on your own accord or you were released, uh, you know, depending, you know, given the circumstances, just because you left doesn't mean you can't go back. And Chris Hero is so knowledgeable and so talented that he will definitely be back in WWE if he chooses to. I mean, he already had uh, left and came back. Right. But he, he could be a coach. He, yep. he, he, the, his knowledge of the wrestling business is so rich that like they need him at the PC yeah. because you can have these kids come in and learn. You could teach anybody to do moves, but we need to teach people the history of the business too, because of certain traditions are not taught and passed on. They will cease to be, Yep. Uh, you know, and that's why I get it so high. I get so fucking angry at these people who shit on shaking people's hands. You know, it, 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 I'm to the point where if somebody doesn't shake my hand, if I don't get the chance to shake their hand first, if they don't go out of the way to shake their my hand first, I get I, I'll hold like a mini grudge until, <laughs> until they shake my fucking hand. And I know I'm not the only guy, you know. Uh, what if I uh, hug you instead? Is that okay? Does that just dude? That's 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 bonus points. That's like finding <laughs> that's like finding an onion ring in your fries. That's that's, a, that's, a, that's fucking great, you dude. I'm a hugger. You know, yeah. I respect Bailey. She's a good man, men's talent. But I was the original hugger. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, I like it. I'll give you a big old hug and lift you off your feet and, you know, maybe contemplate, su- you know, suplexing you, maybe. But uh, <laughs> I get so mad it's when people shit on. I get so mad when people shit on the fucking handshake. The handshake. Say hello to me. It's a matter of respect. If you're kind enough to book me on your show or share a locker room with me or wrestle with me, shake my fucking hand. Yeah. Two seconds. Two fucking seconds to say hello. But, uh, and that's a tradition. And then, and, and Chris Hero's, Chris Hero knows, like, I see him on social media, media talking about the history and the names of moves and the origins of the moves. If I was running a wrestling school, I would hire Chris Hero immediately just to come in not even get in a ring. Do a, like a two-day seminar. Mm-hmm. One day, just sit there and talk. I mean, if you're... you, I've learned more about this business on car rides mm-hmm. than anything anybody could have shown me in the ring. And, uh, you know, I've been offered chances to do seminars before the apocalypse. I said, hey, man, I could come in there and make you do a million drills, make you do spots, but I could teach you more sitting down and talking and having a Q&A and, you know, just talk. People, that's the thing that, you know, the youngsters in this business need is that older guy just to sit there and talk to them. Yeah. And not, and, and, and not talk down to them, but talk to them as somebody who's been where they are. And you know, it's like, this is the age old thing with, with anybody of any, at, at a certain age, you know, why wouldn't you want to try and learn from not even someone else's mistakes, but someone else's experience, if it could help you in the littlest way, you know, why not? So yeah, hopefully we we can get some uh, post-apocalyptic blue meanie appearances going on. Uh, 
if I, if I could toot my own horn here for a second, toot, um, toot away. You know, like I said, I I I'm a I still consider myself a coach at the Monster Factory, and uh, my real life schedule got so crazy that I couldn't get over there. But you know, I, I plan to get back there. But um, you know, uh, my time there when I first started training and. I would talk to these kids and be like, you know, not only talk about the things I did right, but talk about the things I did wrong. And uh, we have a kid down there. We have a, a kid who went to WWE named Steve Cutler. And then there was Luis Martinez and uh, Matt Riddle and Nick Camarado. Uh, I hope I'm not forgetting somebody. Everybody who went down there for a tryout WWE came back and said, everything I had told them to expect happened. Yep. And they were prepared. <laughs> They're like, oh, my God, thank God you told me about this. Because WWE is not just a job. It's a mentality. Yeah. And uh, there's certain things to expect, certain things they expect, and some things that just happen on the fly. You know, just uh, there's an unwritten rule book. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's I'm sure it's like any other business. You know, I hear you know, you see the you know the shows like Mad Men and stuff like that, and, or other shows where it's business. There's certain it's it's a world of its own. Everything you think would happen in the real world is way could be way different over in WWE land. It's not a bad thing. It's just you gotta be on your toes. Yeah, and so, uh, take but, the uh, take the advantage if you get an opportunity, whether it's Meanie or anybody else. Like take you know take the advantage. I know there there have been times that I've just kind of reached out to you since we started doing this. If I had a question about uh, interacting with somebody in the business or something, because I value your, I value your opinion a, because I know you're not going to bullshit me. And, uh, and I value your opinion because of your experience, because of, you know, I'm, who am I to think, uh, you know, if I had an opportunity, I'm an indie wrestler coming in to go work a a tryout or a dark match or something at, at WWE why would I not want to have the opportunity to talk to someone who's been there and say, I mean, man, I'd be asking everything from what should I wear? What, you know, where should I stand in the locker room? Like everything, because the more you know about something and you are right with that, with any business, you know, there there's, there's etiquette in business. And uh, when you're interacting with people who are established and so, you know, and the etiquette changes from place to place. So, yeah, I was speaking of reality. There was like some show where I don't know if it was making the band or something. There's something with Puff Daddy. He was doing like a reality show early 2000s or whatever. And he's got this band that he's trying to put together in the studio. He goes, you know what? I'm in the mood for fucking cheesecake. Cheesecake. Go get me a fucking cheesecake right now. <laughs> These people had to go find a fucking cheesecake <laughs> for him. And they were scaring New York to bring him back cheesecake in the studio for the challenge or whatever. But wrestling will throw you. And, and it's not an ego thing. It's not like, uh, let me fuck with this guy. guy. It's mm-hmm. not uh, let me fuck with this dude kind of thing. It's how bad do you want to be in the business? And what are you willing to do to be in the business and stuff like that? So. You know, at the, uh, the Monster Factory, they'll have them do, the students do certain things. Not to fuck with you, but to see, you know, well, and that's where I think things uh, yeah. like, are, are you, are you coachable? Right. That's the biggest thing in the bed. Right? WWE wants somebody who's coachable, not a robot, mm-hmm. not somebody who's just going to follow orders, but somebody who's coachable and who can also, you know, you know, think for themselves in some ways too. You know, they, they could give you an idea, but if you can expand on an idea and make it better, yeah, you're golden. 
Yeah, no, it's really, it's, it's good insight. And I, I've always looked at it with any form of business that I've been a part of. And it's that same mindset of, yeah, you, you, you know, sometimes like, like for instance, what you know can get you or who, you know, can get you somewhere, but what you know keeps you there, you know? Yeah. So it's the thing, it's the same way as even if it's not a who, you know, but maybe your maybe your look, right? If, right. If, if it's a person who's hiring for body or for size or just for, you know, uh, Sometimes nationality, you know, they, they want to build a certain market. So they're bringing somebody in, but it's that, that being open to learn that's going to help you succeed. That's yeah, you, you, you hit the nail on the head with that. Even nationality and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to get too deep on that, but I've seen it. People get hired because they were, it's, it's like the Brady Bunch. Uh, do you ever see when Greg Brady uh, wanted to become Johnny Bravo or whatever? Yeah, that, or, that it wasn't was. Johnny Bravo. What was it? It was, uh... it was John, Johnny something, and they hired him because the suit fit. Right. You know, yeah. they, they, you know they they fired a guy because the, they wanted somebody who could fit in the suit. Yeah. Or it's like the commercial for uh, Britta or the, the, the faucet or something, where they go to this couple goes in the house to have a house built, and they just put a faucet on there, like build a house around this. You know, something like that, something crazy like that, you know, and, and wrestling's the exact same way. Uh, the story of Paul Bear, where he, you know, he walks in and they put him with the undertaker and they were looking for somebody to play a Paul Bear. And then they looked at his resume and yep. he's a real life mortician. They're like, ah, yeah, that, yeah. And, perfect fit. It's a perfect fit. And, and that's how the wrestling business is. And uh, I know, know how we got to this point. I but, no you know, idea. Oh, Chris Hero. Yes. Uh, I think we were talking about Andre the Giant and that. Uh... Yeah, and then like how you know all these guys are getting released. You can yeah. always go back and stuff like that. But that's that's the wrestling business is a fascinating place. Yeah. Hey, you know what else is fascinating? How many new shirts we have available over at mindofthemeanie.com, uh, pro wrestling tees slash mind of the meanie. Uh, we have another new shirt out that I am super excited about and something Me that you, you have mentioned wanting to, you've wanted to be the face of a, uh, of a franchise before. I've always wanted to be the fr- face of the franchise where somebody uh, hires me. They do all the work, but I come in and I'm like, I'm like the mayor. I wave, Hey, how you doing? You know, mm-hmm. you know, meanie burgers you know, so, or something like that. So now is your time to apologize to my poor brother who is still in the corner crying right now. <laughs> he was the one who said to me, Hey, you guys doing a meaning, a meanie burger shirt. And I said, what? Oh, I said, I didn't, I hadn't really like, thought about that. And, and you, cause when we're doing the show, we're not trying to come up with stuff. We're just, you know, you don't know what's going to resonate with somebody. And he just thought it was hilarious, the stuff you were talking about. And uh, and that's kind of what, what got the ball rolling for you and I to put our heads together on this. I'm sorry, Fred. He, I'm sorry. I think, uh, he forgives you. Yeah. He forgives you. Uh, we're bringing, Take your poodle. We're bringing, <laughs> now he has to return his poodle. Because yeah. now this poodle's here for no reason whatsoever. Right. Um, but yeah, so anyway, no, we have this great, this awesome mini uh, burger shirt, which is kind of um, in, in the style of uh, Krusty Burger from yes. The Simpsons. That was kind of the the uh, idea behind it. But it's mini burger and uh, it's, it's you know, you love your, your burger with extra blue cheesemo. Um, and and the, the cool thing about our shirts is, so uh, we, we collaborate on them, and uh, we designed this one 
you came up with the design. I put my my mini touches on it, yep. you know, because you know. We, we like used artwork from TTD that he from a previous drawing where he's like, just use it on whatever you want. Thank you, TTD. He's awesome. Another great artist. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we came up with something that's really fun, really special. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's not a real franchise, but it could be. It could be. Know, uh, wink, wink. <laughs> and, uh, buy, yeah, go, go. Buy enough shirts, and next thing you know, you're going to have a, a meanie burger in your mouth. So, uh,. Yeah, go to ProWrestlingTees.com uh, slash Mine the Meanie. Get yourself a uh, Meanie Burger shirt. Get my other favorite is the uh, Pod Squad shirt. Yes. We, we like the car fans, the Pod Squad. Meanie's Pod Squad, Mine the Meanie Pod Squad, whatever. Yep. Uh, the, there's the Don't Fact Check Me shirt was was born out of me just simply Said it again fact. today. Because uh, people like to fact check yeah. you. Even... Uh, there's nothing worse than talking to somebody and you say something and you see they pick up their phone and they go to Google the thing you're talking about. Are you, ta- like, are you talking about page. me? <laughs> uh, shame oh. we're on video. Yeah. We're, we'll, we'll, we'll have to take away this video option. <laughs> it's, it's hurting me. Uh, but no, seriously, uh, so many good shirts over there at Mind and Demini on Pro Wrestling Tees. And Pro Wrestling Tees is a great company. They have quality products. And uh, all that good stuff. We, and we've uh, said you know, this before. Get yourself the do your do do yourself this kindness and get yourself the soft T-shirt. Just yeah, do it. It's an extra man. like two dollars something. Just do it. It is it is yeah. absolutely worth it. It's such a great quality shirt, great feeling shirt. It's stylish. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you know, the, the pro wrestling T-shirts as they are are great. But if you can spend that extra couple bucks and get the uh, the, uh, the soft touch shirt you, you'll just be treating yourself to a great quality great feeling great looking shirt and that's no BS and you're supporting Pro Wrestling Tees which has allowed in this kind of dark time uh, has allowed independent wrestlers to continue to make a living um, yeah. it, it's it's really uh, a great, great place owned by great people. And, and, uh, and guess what? They don't just have ProWrestlingTees.com slash my end of the meanie. They also have ProWrestlingTees.com slash blue meanie, where you can go and you can get blue meanie merchandise, BWO merchandise. We've talked about the uh, uh, Hello Meanie t-shirt that I might end up, if they have a, a small enough one, I might get for my daughter. Um, just such such cool uh, stuff over there. Meanie, tell us some of your favorite uh, shirts over at ProWrestlingTees.com slash BlueMeanie. Over at ProWrestlingTees.com slash BlueMeanie. Some of my favorites, of course, BWO shirt, which is one of the top selling shirts in ECW history. Uh, I'm just not making that up. That is a fact. Uh, I love the That, one, that one they can fact check you on. Yeah, they can <laughs> fact check me. Uh, it's a good thing, you know, I was friendly with the merch girl who's like, yeah, we sold out like 200 things. These shirts are these, you know, and stuff like that. And watching TV, it's, it, to this day, the BWO shirt still shows up on Raw. So if you want me to find you in the crowd and tweet at you and post it still by yourself, you know, and we go back to wrestling. I was going to say, I can't wait until we have the opportunity to like offer fun things to people who put hold up a, uh, a sign for our podcast or wear the shirt at one of the, you know, at this point in time. You know, we we apologize, but uh, you're not allowed in the any of the arenas, so uh, no fun yeah. no fun things happening there that we had planned. Well, in the meantime, you could go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie and stock up on your your shirts ready. to wear when you you ready to go. You're ready. 
Yeah, when they cut the ribbon back on the, the rest of the real world, like it's the re- grand reopening of America and the world, uh, you can go to ProRescuePeace.com slash Blue Meanie and uh, get yourself a, a Hello Meanie shirt, which is designed by Mrs. Meanie as a tribute to a Mama Meanie. Mama Meanie loves Hello Kitty. Uh, there's, uh, there's the uh, Meanie Toothpaste shirt, which was designed by Hal Haney, which picks me as a member of the BWO and a member of the, the Job Squad. And uh, we, we did a, had a fun collaboration on that shirt as well. So, so many to choose from. If you're a Philly sports fan, there's the Philly Epindelphia t-shirt that's in the design of EC Epindelphia. But it, each shirt comes in each Philly uh, sports. All the color. colors. So, yeah, if you're a baseball guy, not a football guy, great. You got you covered. Hockey, great. You got you covered. Uh, yep. As an Eagles fan, I do the uh, Kelly Green shirt. As a Phillies fan, I do the old school maroon oh, colors. You have to. Oh, come like on. Yeah. And uh, the, I, I usually don't wear reds or oranges, but the, uh, the Flyers fill it up and up the shirt. It's pretty cool, man. It, it, and it stands out. And it looks great. So uh, if you go over there, I, I, all, all those shirts, like my tattoos, a lot of those shirts have a lot of personal meaning behind them. And uh, the fact that people are, are buying them. Now, hey, talk about my love of music. We have BWO guitar picks. We have baby onesies. Uh, we have so. Uh, you we have, have to, do you have baby onesies? A BWO baby onesie? BWO baby onesies for I, you know breaking up that breaking that child in the right way. I have got a baby boy coming this June, and I think I'm gonna have to put him in a BWO onesie. I think I know a guy. Yeah. So uh, first, I'm gonna check with my wife, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, it's yeah. not like I'm putting him in the ECF and W, but I, I'm sure she's gonna be yeah. okay with this. But uh, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, well, I'm doing that. So, hey, uh, I feel like we're all locked down. So if you and your significant other nine months after the apocalypse find yourself in need of a onesie, um, go, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie and pick that up. It's going to be a lot of pandemic days. There, I, they're really. In about nine months. They're really so get, get yourself a BWO baby onesie. Uh, and uh, you're not only supporting show. You're not only supporting me. If you go to ProWrestlingTees.com, so says, sure enough, you not only support Josh, but you're supporting Pro Wrestling Tees because Pro Wrestling Tees has also been hit pretty hard in these times where they've had to uh, downstaff a little bit. They had to get rid of some of their sites, like they just shut down the barbershop window, moved it over to one of their other sites and stuff like that. So Pro Wrestling Tees needs our help, yeah. needs our support, and uh, they're great people. It's a great American company. When, when we all get back on our feet here, you know, we want the opportunity for them to not be in the hole so that they right. can instantly bring back whatever staff they had to let go. Um, nobody wants, nobody wants, we talked about the last week with releases stuff. Nobody wants to do that. No one ever right. wants to let somebody go. And the best thing that we can do is try and help those people to, once everything opens back up, be able to bring their staff back on and not, not have to suffer longer than they than than that um one other that we have to throw in there um we're talking about wrestling shirts gotta talk about the wrestling brand that's collar and elbow uh the bwo has taken over collar and elbow so you can go to collar and elbow brand.com use the coupon code meanie and save 10 percent. i would recommend people just start using the coupon code meanie everywhere and just see what it does for you Um, see what sticks yeah just see hey can i get something off um yeah, so uh, definitely go there. And again, uh, we thank you for 
supporting our show, supporting me, supporting Meany. Um, so says Chernoff.com is for my stuff. Um, and Collar, Collar Nobo is uh, Al Snow's yes. company. We talked about our, our mentor, my best friend, my big brother in this business. Al Snow and Rod Hicks over at Collar and Elbow uh, do fantastic work. Uh, they allowed me to do a spinoff of their Collar and Elbow mirror shirt. And instead of, you know, elbow, instead of the B, you know, the bow, they put the BWO logo on the mirror side of it. So and I always wanted to work with Collar and Elbow, at, you know, other than just being one of their sponsored uh, performers, stuff like that. I also wanted to contribute you know, with a great product. Collar and, and elbow. Their, oh, I'm sorry. A lot, of, a lot of their shirts are so much fun because they're, 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 you know, I'm the parody guy. A lot of their shirts are parody, so. Yeah, the. Mrs. Meany running. Yeah, Mrs. Meany running. Hey! Run, yeah. <laughs> running in with the knowledge. Oh, we love you, Mrs. Meany. He loves you too, and I love you. And uh, we talked about 90 Day Fiance, by the way. Uh, <laughs> oh, back to collar and elbow. Uh, like Mrs. Meany said, all their sh- sh- shirts are just a big wink. Yeah. Winking and nod like, eh. Very true. So. And you know what? We talked about soft shirts before. Man, collar and elbow, those are some of my go-to. I, I get out of the shower, and I want to just throw on you know, a T-shirt. And oh, absolutely. So that's it, man. They are soft. They are comfortable. Um so yeah, check it out. Promo code Meanie save ten percent. Uh, yeah, and thank you just again. Thank you everybody for supporting us. We've been blown away with the support, uh, especially such a difficult time for everybody financially. But the people, um, I think maybe what's our number number one? Is it Pod Squad? I think it's actually uh, Pod uh, Pod Squad. Uh, and you know, if I do say so myself, I think Meanie Burger will uh, have a uh, strong. Hasn't had the opportunity yet to. Uh, to surpass yeah. pod, but uh no but we really do appreciate it so go and and uh it mean, means the world to us and and send us some pictures of of you uh enjoying your oh, merchandise please. um absolutely i i i there's nothing nothing more i love than them watching somebody wear a shirt that you know supports us or a shirt we designed mm-hmm. and uh you know just like i said with you know whether it's Spencer McMahon or the guys at Pro Wrestling Tees or you know, Collar and Elbow, they're not in the business to they're in the business to hire people. They're in the business to sell merchandise because just like how we love to watch people wear our products, they love people to support their products. Yeah. Same with a you know promotion like AEW and stuff yeah. like that. We're in the business to make people happy, and if you support us. Not only will you, you know, you make us happy, but you'll look great. And when you look great, you'll be happy. So, uh, let's uh, let's all be happy in these crazy times. That's that's some good advice. Uh, hey, you know, we're talking about the Pod Squad. Um, last week we had so much going on, uh, tributes we wanted to pay, things, uh, stuff we were talking about that we didn't end up having enough time. Uh, totally forgot, and that's on me uh, to do an AMA, a little Ask Meany Anything. And uh, we sure. had some good questions, so I, I was thinking if you have the time, maybe we... AMA is always a good go-home spot. Yeah. So, you know, towards the end of the show, uh, let's see what the folks are thinking. All right, so this one comes from, uh, I think they both come from Facebook here. Uh, nice. This one comes from a friend of the show and longtime friend of mine, Mr. Matt Mangle, uh, asked a question, uh, actually has a, a two questions here, kind of a follow-up. Um if you could do anything over again in the business, 
What would it be and why? We'll start with that. Uh, we'll start with that part of the question. Cause I think he, he managed to shoehorn three questions into here, but Hey, we didn't do, <laughs> we didn't do it last week. He's been waiting this extra you know time. So we're going to make sure it's going to be an extra AMA. He, he, so, uh, he's a little backed up. So he's got to get it out of his system. Yeah. So if you could, if, poison out. if you could do anything over again in the business, what would it be and why? I would tell, if I could do anything else and why I would tell myself, uh, younger Blue Meanie when I was in Memphis to reach out to Jim Ross and talk about possibly getting into doing color commentary mm. and uh, maybe play-by-play. Because uh, when I was in Memphis, I was like, man, I was you know, just thinking of ideas. I'm always thinking. Like I say, I could be walking from my house to my car. I'm thinking of ideas. I'm thinking of promos, thinking of stuff like that. I was like, man, well, I lost all this weight. I really don't look like the Blue Meanie. I'm trying to make this new character. What if I was an on-air personality? Maybe I could be like a Doc Hendricks mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, you know, somebody to you know stand there and do interviews or throw to segments, pitch merchandise. I could do that. I, I, I'm confident I, that I could do anything, really. And uh, if, when I was in Memphis, I was definitely thinking, man, I should reach out to Jim Ross, you know, or Bruce Pritchard and be like, hey, man, what if I did interviews? What if I did play-by-play? What if, what if I, you know, planned for myself post ring, you know, mm-hmm. uh, anything you could, you know, anything you, anything to plan for my career outside of the ring. So if I can go back in time, I would definitely tell myself, Hey man, stop thinking about it and start acting on it. And, uh, you know, reach out to Jim Ross, reach out to Bruce Pritchard and say, Hey, how about this? You know, that's interesting. Cause yeah. I had lost. Yeah, I'd lost all the weight and stuff like that. And now I was in the midst of losing the weight, but putting on the muscle. Well, a great, uh, a great uh, example of something. I don't believe he reached out. I believe they reached out to him. But Taz, you know, you look at Taz today uh, with AEW and, you know, the height of his game and everything that he's done uh, in radio and, and with podcasting. And prior to sitting down at that, announce table who would have thought who would have said 20 years from now taz is still going to be a uh you know you would have thought hey maybe he's working as a coach behind the scenes maybe he's doing which is not to belittle that at all but it never even though he was always such a good promo never for me who grew up an enormous taz fan i i I never would have just been like oh yeah the easy transition for taz but it happened and i think that that's something i think meanie that that's something now that your people are uh, getting used to the sweet sound of the blue meanie I, I think I don't think those that's behind you. I think that might be something we're looking at in the future. Uh, people are starting to. I'm available. Starting to become. <laughs> we're all available right now. Nobody. You know? yeah. uh, but no, I think yeah. that that's something that's really interesting. And I'm not. Uh, I would like that. That would be something really fun to hear the blue meanie on commentary. But commentary, play by play, analysis. I well, yeah, I definitely think I would be a fun color guy. Mm-hmm. What, what color would it be? Nah, well, yeah, well, you, know. you see what I did. Uh, hey, but that goes, but that goes right into one of the uh, other of Matt Mangle's questions. If Meanie went full heel, and we're not talking, I think we're not talking about you know, oh, he's one of the bad guys. He's the you know, we're talking. Meanie has one of those death stare heel turns. What color would he be? Uh, probably dark blue. Ooh. I don't know. Uh. There was a period of time where uh, I, 
I, I call them the dark years, kind of, just because uh, I went to WWE Developmental in Memphis, and I was trying different looks, and then I started coming. I uh, moved back to Philly after I was, you know, released, and started running shows for a company called called Three PW, which I was involved with with Todd Gordon, and uh, I was just trying to find my way, and I started dyeing my hair black for some reason. If you ask me why, I couldn't tell you. Maybe I was doing a movie at the time and I liked the way it looked. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, and last week where I was talking about how I did my paint differently, I was doing my paint differently. I started wearing different gear. I got out of the Daisy Dukes and the half shirts. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the hell I was doing. I was just trying to find my way, try to do things, see what stuck. And it wasn't until like one night stand where I went back to the, you know, the half shirt and Daisy Dukes. Really? And, which I still do. Yeah, one night. Well, yeah, one night stand was the first night I went back to the uh, half shirt Daisy Dukes. Did you do it the night? Did you do it the night before or whenever it was at the uh, hardcore home? That was that's Friday. I was still like kind of like half new meanie. Oh wow! I was wearing like I was wearing my. I went back to wearing the airbrush shirt. I was still wearing like I was. There was like these long blue tights I was wearing, and uh, or or pants I was wearing at the time with my. Mini boots, my airbrush boots. Mm-hmm. But like I knew in two days I was going to be a member of the BWO, so I had to you know, wear you know, the Daisy, Daisy Dukes and a half shirt. Just because if you're going to go be a, you know part of a retro oh, yeah. show, you got to you got to go back to it. And from that point on, I that's when I went back to you know the half shirt and Daisy Dukes full time, mm-hmm. and and back to my original paint with the uh, you know the the bandit mask, yeah. the raccoon <laughs> eyes. So uh, yeah, yeah, that and, and uh, everything you know. People are like, ah, oh, you know, everything that happened at One Night Stand that kind of brought me out of my funk. You know, that kind of brought me back to where I needed to be. That's where I was putting my feet back on the, uh, back in the soil of who I was and where where I should be, the Blue Meanie character. Because it's one thing to find your way in the business, and then like. I was given the character, the blue meanie. I was given the look, the blue meanie. I was on TV for so many years as the blue meanie. Uh, It's one thing to, and then you try to do something, but it's hard to do something without the advent of, you know, without having television to introduce a Mm -hmm. new character. It's, you could try to do things, you know, down in Memphis and make mistakes and nobody sees it. But I start doing this new character and people are like, how come he's not, the blue meanie, to see the blue you know? meanie, yeah, right. So as bad as, as you know, crazy as and bad as the the you know the one night one night stand was like an amazing show, you know, with one one blemish on it. But that blemish kind of brought me out of this cloud of hmm. what I call the dark years, where I was I was fighting depression and all this stuff, and you know the the incident was depressing enough. But once I came out of it. I kind of hit, you know, hit the ground running where I started getting bookings again. I started working outside this bubble, which was 3PW, and you know, I sacrificed my career for 3PW, you know, because I wanted to you know, put all my focus on that. I started just, you know, fuck it. I'm not going to worry about running a show. I'm just going to be the talent. I got to have fun and be the talent again. I got to be the Blue Meanie again, the OG Blue Meanie. Nice, so to speak. Um, yeah. It's interesting. The other question that he had was, 
this is this is the final part of his hat trick. Uh, what other character would you have been if the meanie didn't take? Because you just mentioned the meanie was handed to you, and that was you know, and you're talking about a time when you were trying to recreate yourself. Now imagine, imagine the meanie never became that thing that people wanted to come see the meanie or whatever. Do you have anything else over the years? Maybe someone else in the locker room that you looked at and said, "Ah, oh, dude, I would have liked to take that." that character i would have you know everyone always talks about um mick foley the whole dude love character came from that conversation yeah. when he said to Shawn michaels i always wanted to be like you he looked at that Shawn right. michaels character and you know um did you ever have in your mind of of uh, another character if you're just like god if i was never the meanie i could just start fresh with this i'd always think about characters and like ah, dude, I was thinking about that in high school. Mrs. Meany found one of my uh, notebooks from high school where I was practicing my autograph. I was going to be Mr. Scary Brian Kruger, which <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, yeah, Mr. Scary was uh, a guitar solo George Lynch did mm-hmm. with Van Dock, and I was like, oh man, this is great ring music. Like that's how I judge music. Mm-hmm. So is it like, and I you know come to the ring to this. Or I'll hear a song on the radio nowadays, and I'll go, man, ECW would have been all over that song. Yeah. And uh, stuff like that. So, like, yeah, yeah. Then this is me brought up a great point. Like, uh, there's a point in the BWO song where there's a gong. Mm-hmm. And I know when that part of the song hits, I go through the curtain. Huh. So, so that spawned a game between Mrs. Meany and I. Like, on road trips, we'd be listening to a song. We're like, all right, where's the gong in this song? Huh. You know? Uh, not a literal gong, but what part of the song would I come out through the curtain right. to? You know, it could be any song. We could be listening to. Something I think else. I know exactly. And, it's when there's the build up in the BWO song, right? The build up with the drums, and then yeah, and then you hear a gong. Yeah, and then that's where that's always where I hit. You know, come that's always where I want to start with the intro on on the show. But then I'm always, and then I look at it and I go, "That's a lot of time of people just listening to the BWO theme." They, they right. might just be like, did they forget to start going? And so, uh, right. Yeah. Maybe, you know yeah, what? In post, I'm coming in on the gong today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the part of the, in the beginning, you know, the, and then the drums, yep. and then there's a, yep. And then they goes into the mellow. There's that gong in there, which originally wasn't in there before. Uh, I used to come out to the bootleg version <laughs> by the Swamp Candles, which we should probably play on here yeah. at some point. But uh, yeah, that became a game between me and Mrs. Meany where, okay, where's the gong on this song? Uh-huh. It could be a rap song. What part of the song do you hit the curtain? I was, come through the curtain? I was at an indie show got, like early 2000s. Maybe it was like 2002 or something like that. And a guy came out to... Um, the Eminem song. Uh, I always sing it. Mom spaghetti. Uh, Lose yourself. Uh, yes. And that man had a gong in his mind of when it was time. And it was like really? a minute and a half into that song. Like it just, you saw him just like jogging in place behind the curtain. And this has got like, I no name guy or whatever, but he uh, just jogging. And we're, me and my buddies are, are watching. We're just like, okay, come on. Come on. And then it would like kick in. We're like, all right, here he comes. Nope. He's still just jogging. He's still waiting. Still jogging. And I did went early, early, early in my career. 
Um, I forget the name of the song I came out to, but I was a big Rob Van Dam fan. And I remember how Van Dam and ECW used to just wait for that kick in his song to come out. Yeah. And you'd sometimes just be sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And then Van Dam would come out. So I'm like, well, I'm going to do that. Well, guess what? This might shock some people, but I'm not Rob Van Dam. And people were not as interested in waiting for me as they were for Rob Van Dam. Because as the suspense was building for Van Dam, for me, the anger was building in the audience of wanting me to just come out. So that was a one-time thing. And then I just came through. But yeah, but I, I, I think everyone can relate to what that gong is. Yes. Um, we also have another question. Uh, that came from Michael Johnson um, on Facebook. And he writes, what kicked ass more, your first match or meeting Van Halen? I would definitely meet Van Halen because my first match sucked. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, yeah, I met, my first match was fun, uh, but I was so green. And anytime, like, I've, I don't even know. I think I have it somewhere. I watch it, and I just watch it with my... my and I watch it through my fingers, you know, I got my hand on my face and I'm like, kind of like peeking, <laughs> like, like it's a horror movie. But, uh, first match was against a, a guy named Gaza Coleman, who also wrestled as Kodiak and then also wrestled as Crom. And then he eventually had a fight in the, in one of the early UFCs where Dan Severn was his corner man. And he was about to win, but they stopped it on it on, on, cause he was bleeding. But, uh, uh, he was my first opponent, and uh, it was in, I want to say, Chatham, Ontario, Canada. And uh, I was green as goose shit, and um, you know he he walked me through it, and uh, he he made me look better than what I was. And he was a, he's a guy, another guy who uh, he I was originally when I originally wanted to train, I was going to train at the Malenko School, and he had went to the Malenko School. So at some point in my life, he probably would have. Either been with me at Malenko's or, or as we met through uh, Al Snow and stuff like that. So uh, that match was good because of him, but not because of me. Uh, but meeting Van Halen was definitely it, it, talk about being a worker. I lied my way into meeting Van Halen. Yeah, uh, I totally bullshitted my way in. Uh, at the time, uh, I was in WWE, but. Uh, ECW had done, we had done a music CD for ECW, mm. like two of them. Uh, and I became friendly with somebody at uh, Concrete Marketing who was doing the uh, the ECW promotional, the promotional side of the DVD. Right. and I mean, CD and stuff like that. I sound like an old guy calling the DVD a DVD. <laughs> the old eight track that we had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love when people call DVDs tapes. <laughs> ah, you got any of those old tapes? It's called a DVD. Uh, or they call it, ah, I got the CD. Ah, it's a DVD. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, I had met the guy who's helped, you know, put together the CD and uh, became good friends. So I was like, hey, man, I got tickets to go see Van Halen. Uh, do you got any hookups? Like for a meet and greet? He's like, I really don't know anybody there, but you go to the ticket window and say, "Hey, I got passes through so and so," which I, I wouldn't even say the guy's name. But I forgot the name anyway. <laughs> Throw it against the wall, see if it sticks. I go, "Hey, uh, my name's Brian. Here's my ID. I got two tickets through so and so." 
you know, I just walked up like I belong. And the uh, person went down the walkie-talkie. They're like, all right, here you go. He gave me two backstage passes. Uh, I'm just like, oh, thank you. Right. And inside, I'm literally, I am shitting myself. <laughs> I'm like, it worked. <laughs> so uh, I, I take the passes. And uh, thank God, I, I went out. Kenny Wayne Shepard was opening up for him. This is the uh, tour with Gary Sharon. Okay. And again, I don't care who's singing for Van Halen. It's all about Eddie Van Halen. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's it. Eddie's my 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 two go to guy. So I went out and saw a little bit of Kenny Wayne Shepard. I was like, oh my god, I wonder if the meet and greets now. So I run and I go, oh, I'm here for the meet and greet. Thank God we were got there right at the uh, tail end of the meet and greet and get in line and I put on my badge and uh the cool thing about it was uh they had a promotional thing where you meet the band and they take a photo of you with a one-time use camera you know, mm-hmm. it was, uh, and it was in a little box that looks like uh eddie it's got eddie's guitar design which is the uh, you know the red red design with the black and white stripes mm-hmm. on it like it's it had a guitar called frankenstein it's frankenstein uh design and they take your photo and they give you the camera and I was like an infant. <laughs> I I was like I don't care who. I mean, it was it was Eddie Van Halen, it was Michael Anthony, Alex Van Halen, Gary Sharon. I was like I'm going and put my arm around Eddie Van Halen. I don't care. <laughs> I'm hugging Eddie Van Halen, and I go over to Eddie. I put my arm around him. You know, I'm waiting for and the guy's messing around with the camera. And I, I I lean in like you you know talking to somebody, I go, I love you, man. You don't know me, but I love you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I love you, Eddie. And um, he goes, I love you too, man. And uh, you take the photo. And mind you, there's still people in line. So they want this thing to move like, oh, a, sure, sure. A, like an assembly line. They're, they're trying to get people in and out. I turn around and I just give them a hug. I'm like, I love you, man. And it's like, you know. That's awesome. I didn't want to let go. And so I go to I go to Alex and shake his hand. Thank you. The handshake. Uh-huh. I, I'm not giving him the limp. I'm not giving him the dead fish one. I'm not giving the, I'm giving him the manly handshake. I'm like, hey, thank you, thank you, thank you. The guy goes, all right, we have other people. I'm like, hey. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to go fuck you, yep. but I, you know, I couldn't. You know? <laughs> and uh, you know, I shake Gary's hand, Alex's hand, Michael Anthony's hand. And they're like, oh, you're still here. I'm like, yep. Um, I am now <laughs> part of the band. <laughs> Yeah, and I guarded that camera with my life. And like, you know, I got home the next day. I ran to when they had, you know, when you had, used to have to get your photos printed. Yeah. I, I went and got uh, the one hour treatment. I was like, I don't care. Do you? Did you ever put that on social media? That picture? Photo with Eddie? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you. Yeah, so we can we get can, it up on uh, our uh, on our social. Um, and we'll make sure we tag the proper. Of course. Yeah. And, and maybe they'll retweet it and. Yeah, there's Eddie's on there, but he's not really on there. His son Wolfgang's on okay. there. Uh, Wolfgang, do us all a favor. Tweet and out. here's another story. Here's another story real quick on uh, Van Halen's last tour, which I had a feeling was going to be their last tour because uh, you always hear stories sure. and stuff like that. Uh, I have a friend who is a uh, like one of those guys who get you know collector. He goes and gets photos. He always finds out where they're staying. He always finds out where people are staying. He knows where to go get the autographs and all this stuff. I go, hey, man, 
my buddy Robert. I go, hey man, you gotta hook me up. Where's Van Halen staying? And he goes and does his due diligence, and he goes, okay, here's where they're staying. Uh, I was like, well, what time should I go there? He's like, I go there, go early, no matter. Uh, so we get there. Me and Mrs. Mina get there. We're the only people there, and we're just standing there, and we're just like leaning against the wall like we belong there, and all this stuff. We're like. Oh yeah, you know. And meanwhile, Van Halen's tour buses are like right there. Okay. I'm just like, oh. And we got there way too early. And uh, but like me, I like I rather be early right. than late. Like I was almost late for the uh, meet and greet. I almost missed meeting Van Halen the first time. So I'm standing there and I start recognizing people like Eddie's uh, guitar roadie is out there just, you know, walking down the street and I don't want to be that guy. You know, I'm standing there with shorts. And I got Eddie Van Halen tattoo on my leg. So I'm sure he knew <laughs> who I was. So I'm just like standing there like, you know, cool collective, not, you know, marking out just, you know, I belong there. And, uh, I see Eddie's wife, Danny walking. I go, ah, Eddie's wife, you know, all this good stuff. And, uh, all of a sudden, like, People start forming, like a crowd starts forming because there's a bus there, and people are like, "Oh, what's everybody hanging out for? Hanging out, you know, here for?" And we're just making up shit, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, and you know, whatever. So, um, I guess there was a point in time where, like, they were preparing for the band to leave, and they put up like, uh, like a, a, a velvet rope, not a velvet no, rope, but, I, but I like, you know, yeah, something. The thing, the shit, the shit they put out. Bank, mm-hmm. you know the people form a line. The retract, the retractable uh, barrier gimmick. Yeah. yeah. So we're, I was like, and, and, and look, you know, I, you know, I appreciate wrestling fans being wrestling fans, but this is my time to be a mark. You know, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be super fucking mark boy. You know, and I've done some cool shit in my life, and I met some cool people and have relationships. But I was like, dude, I'm going to be a fucking mark. Here I am. So I'm standing there, and. Uh, uh, slowly but surely, things start getting moving. They're moving st- you know, stuff out out of the hotel into the tour buses. And then, uh, like, fucking Wolfgang comes out. <laughs> Everybody's like, Wolfie, Wolfie, Wolfie. And they're getting their autographs and stuff like that. And people are like, stay behind the line. And for whatever reason, I just said, fuck it. I, I got a case of the fuckets. And I casually walk around the thing. I, uh, and, uh, I, you know, Mrs. Meany was ready. She got the camera out. I was like, hey, Wolf, let's, uh, you know, want to take a photo? He's like, oh, yeah, sure. I put my arm around him, just like two guys at the bar, like, hey, man, what's That's up? Awesome. And Miss Me took the photo, and I casually walked back. And then time comes, and Eddie's just like, you know, uh, you know, because there's people out there, they want, like, albums sure, signed. Sure. There, there's, I was there to be a fan. There's people there, clearly, to get shit signed to sell. Oh, like the people you right? know, and, like, wrestlers always talk about, like, at the airport. And they're there, and it's yeah, like, oh, yeah. could you sign these 35 uh, – Tops trading right. cards. It's like, oh, I guess are these all for you? You know, like, come on. Yeah, there's people who had like drum heads with the Van Halen logo mm-hmm. on it. Very professional looking shit. And I was just there to be a, a mark. <laughs> I'm not here to sell anything. And I just want photos. I don't want autographs. Give me a photo, you know. And uh, Eddie was just like, he comes down, and goes, oh, sorry, we're late, and gets on his bus and drives off. And I was just like, hey, look, I know, I'm getting to that. <laughs> uh, and he's like, oh, fuck it, I'm out of here. And I get it. You know, uh, his bus takes off, but Alex's bus is still there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hmm. So uh, Alex's security guy comes out and goes, okay, everybody, line up against the wall. 
uh, he'll sign one item. He'll sign it with this marker, and he wanted. He assured he. There's a, a thing in the autograph world where, like, a blue marker on something makes the thing more valuable. Hmm. Like, green marker makes it like less valuable. But he had everybody say, "You're going to get an autograph from Alex, but it's going to be with this black marker because it makes it. It takes the value if you're going." To, Try to flip it and get a sign. It brings the value down. For whatever reason, the blue marker is the marker in the order. Blue's the color, man. Hey, and blue, uh, the blue thing equals is, green. I, I always, and I always have one in my back pocket, yeah. just for you, you never know. And because if I don't sign them in blue, people are like, "I'll come." It's not yeah. blue, and I sign in blue. They go, "Of course," and they, people go, "Of course, you have a blue yep, marker." That's awesome. So uh, I learned that that day. So Alex comes out. You know, I was like, oh, sure, an autograph's cool. I want, I'm the photo mm-hmm. guy. I'd like a photo. And, guy, and he's like, if one person steps out of line, I'm shutting this shit down, and he's leaving. I'm like, all right. So, you know, I was like, I had my, t- I didn't know how long I was going to be, so I had my tickets to show on. Mm-hmm. And so he signed my ticket. He signed, you know, Tracy's stuff. Nice. And, you know, I go, you know, of course, you know, I was back to when I met Eddie again. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, oh thank you so much for signing this stuff, Alex. And he, he looked and smiled, and he probably knew that, you know, I wasn't being a scoundrel and trying right. to, you know, flip something. I was gen- being genuine. And he goes off, and he uh, gets on this tour bus and leaves. And uh, we had enough time. Miss, me and Miss Meany went back home. But uh, you know, I, I posted, you know, the photo of me and, and Wolfie online. And, you know, again, being total Mark yeah. boy. That's great. And, uh, you know, it, it was a cool moment. So. Uh, I've got, as far as Van Halen goes, I've met everybody except for Sammy and Dave. Those are my uh, my uh, white whales that mm-hmm. I'm chasing. The, I definitely want to, you know, meet Dave. I definitely, you know, because especially uh, Dave has a YouTube channel, and there's two episodes where he talks about the history of Japanese wrestling and the history of American pro wrestling. And Dave knows his, um, amazingly, Dave knows his shit so, when it comes to the world of professional so wrestling. So how have you not been I, able to pull this off? Wrong place, wrong time. I don't know. I've I've seen Dave in concert, and uh, I've seen Sammy. I saw the Sammy and Dave tour mm-hmm. where they toured together. I just haven't been a, like uh, growing up in Atlantic City. You kind of get the spidey senses of when it comes to meeting famous mm-hmm. people. You know, like when the the Tyson uh, Holyfield fight was uh, not Tyson uh, George Foreman Holyfield was in Atlantic City. I knew where to go. I just had the sense of where to go, where to be. But in the case, you know, I met. You know, Muhammad Ali, I met Gene Hackman, I met Mr. T, I met Bon Jovi, uh, I met uh, Luther Campbell from Two Live Crew, I met uh, uh, the guy from uh, the Buffalo Bills, uh, defensive guy, monster, Bruce something. Um, Nobody will correct me. Somebody will fact check me. (laughs) Uh, All at this Tyson fight, or at this uh, Holyfield Foreman fight. And uh, that's a whole other story I'll tell. But, uh, but when it comes to Dave and Sammy, I haven't been able to put been in in the position to put myself to ca- make it look casually like I'm casually meeting. We're gonna we're like if that. anybody listening to this has some sort of a connection to make this happen, um, Dude. we gotta when yeah. the world comes back, uh, we have to try and figure out how to make this happen for Meany. Um, I I've met Michael Anthony, I've met uh, I met Gary, I met Alex, I met Eddie, I met Wolfie. And you know, I, I've met people who've given me some really good Van Halen stories that I do not 
there repeat <laughs> because they've been told to me in confidence. But uh, if somebody out there can hook me up with Dave and Sammy, Let's that'd be awesome. Happen. Scotty Too Hotty told me he met Sammy in the airport, and I was so jealous and mad all at the same time because I love Scotty Too Hotty. But he's like, yeah, I met Sammy in the airport, and he invited me to the show, and I went backstage. I was like, it was just like when McFoley told me he met Britney Spears all over again, and I'm just like, like he's, I'm melting in my seat. Funny, like, funny oh. thing about Scotty Too Hotty, uh, when I was a senior in high school, he was I graduated class of 01. So this was, right. you know, prime, too cool, you know, time period. And uh, we had a class trip to Disney World. And I'm walking there and uh, and this dude just like walks by and like my buddy and I was just like, like, dude, that dude's jacked. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I like kind of do like, like I like. I guess I kind of like thought he was wearing sunglasses. I'm kind of, you know, but a very recognizable beard. You know, that little, like the, the little beard that he had there. And yeah. I look behind and I see he's wearing a hat, but I see this like bleach blonde hair kind of like coming down the back. I'm like, Oh my God, that's Scotty too hotty. So we track, we like, I like ran after him. He was the coolest guy. One of the things at this point, I was just about to start trying to like break into wrestling a guy like Scotty, so I'm five foot eight. A guy like Scotty Too Hotty, I always saw on TV as the knee of wrestling. Well, it turns out in actuality, he was significantly larger in real life than I was. And that was like a yeah. little bit of a blow to my self esteem and, and my hopes and dreams. Um, but it was super cool. And then that, for like a brief moment in uh, the tail end of my senior year of high school, it was like I was a big deal on that trip because I found a celebrity guy. And I have a picture of it with uh, it's me and some friends and half of us are diehard wrestling fans. Another one was like a eh, casual fan. One of them, I don't think he even knew what professional wrestling was, but knew that this was clearly like someone from TV. So got himself in this picture. Um, But yeah, that was one of the questions that I, I wanted to piggyback off of that other question was, have you ever, since you, in in certain circles, you're a celebrity. You're the person that people are waiting in line to meet. Have you ever met somebody that you were marking out to meet who in turn was like, oh man, Blue Meanie? Uh, I don't know if he was mark, marking out to meet me, but... Uh, we heard, we'll say at least knew who, who you were. Oh my God. Uh, WWE was in Anaheim and people would just show up mm-hmm. and uh I, this is around the i think this is around the time we were doing stuff with thq too so i just got new gear they had taken a photo of me and stuff like that so i had my new gear on i'm walking around and all heart goes hey uh nicholas cage is over there <laughs> went, what and i you know i do my uh, casual oh uh i'm gonna pretend like i meant to walk over yeah, right. here <laughs> i go oh oh hey how you doing there's Nicholas Cage with his son. And uh, I walk over, I go, hello, my name, hey, pleasure to meet you. And he, he introduces me to his son, he goes, hey, this is a uh, Blue Meanie over here. And I was like, he knows my uh, name. Wow. <laughs> so it's like, it was like kind of cool that like, you know, he he was a fan yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, and then that same night, uh, Bo Bridges, you know, was there, <laughs> they, they got, the actor yeah. Bo Bridges, the famous Bridges family, you know, and he 
he asked me to come over and take a photo with his family. And I was like, oh my God, this is like incredible. Wow. Bo Bridges, you know, Starman or whatever. You can name any movie he was in, you know. And I'm geeking out. Mm-hmm. And he's asking me to take a photo with him, his wife, his kids, and all this stuff. I'm just like, ah! And, like, I wish there was social media where, like, he would have posted right. it or something. But I've never seen the photo. I wish I could find the photo. Well, again, if anyone's listening, anyone... Uh, Anybody knows Bo Bridges. Yeah, if you, if you, you can uh, find that photo. Um, hey, I, real quick, same yeah. night. Uh, I know I'm going to botch this name. But uh, the Green Mile, Michael Duncan Clark? Or Michael, Clark, Michael Duncan. Clark Duncan. No, Michael... Wait. <sighs> Michael Clark Duncan, right? Michael Clark... I, well, now I'm like second guessing hey, it, Michael Clark. If you have, if you have three names in your name, I am going to fuck it up. So Michael Clark Michael, Duncan. Okay, I was right. Yeah, was, he was backstage, mm-hmm. and I didn't know who he was. And WWE, like, this was a house show. This was this around TV. the time when he was doing the? Didn't he do the film? He did the uh, with The Rock. He did uh, Scorpion King or one of those. This this, this might have been for, before okay. that. You know, I'll have to look at history the, the history of WWF.com to get my yeah. dates right. I, I know I had just been released. And this is when we were talking about this last week. I was released and they were still putting me on shows. For more on, for and, more on that, check out episode four of Mind of the Meanie. Right. And, uh, and uh, I remember somebody came up to me because I had wrote, wrote this the thing, yeah, I've been released. I'd like to thank WWE. And somebody complimented me saying it was a classy move. And I walked over to go get a coffee. There was like a thing for coffee, fruit, all this stuff. And Michael Clark, Clark Duncan. Dun- yeah. Michael Clark Duncan was there. I was like, man, that's a big fucking dude. So I'm next to him. I'm like, hey, man, what's up? How you doing, Brian? Hey, Michael. I thought he was like a local wrestler. <laughs> that, you know, because like, some guys... There would be like uh, big guys behind backstage. They're, they were oh, bringing sure. in like Brock Lesnar was at SummerSlam. I didn't know who he was at the time. Just big fucking dude. It's the SummerSlam in Minnesota. So I'm like, a, you know, we're in Anaheim. I, I was like, oh, this maybe this is the guy they're bringing in. Yeah, and then like, you know, I get released. And I go, look, I go to the movies and there he is on the screen. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, that's a guy from, you know, Anaheim. And, you know, and I'm saying this to myself around People are like, "What the fuck, Anaheim? What?" <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm popping myself out loud. I was like, "Oh, I know, I met that guy." That's awesome. No, people around me don't know what I'm. <laughs> it was uh, the guy, Michael. Clark Michael Duncan? Clark Duncan. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, like, coolest dude, man, greatest yeah. guy. Just two guys standing there making coffee, you know, cracking <laughs> jokes like we're at the office, you know, like, "Hey, <laughs> how you doing?" I saw the the Nicholas Cage. I think that's pretty cool. And some people, you know, if you're younger and listening to this, I feel like most people who are listening to this are, you know, maybe a little bit like closer to like our, our ages because of, you know, it's the mind of the meanie. They're, yeah. they're the big blue meanie fans, but uh, then they'll all appreciate. And, and the cool thing, he, he, he almost went on to be in the wrestling. Yes. Almost. I was in. So, so almost we got to work with I him. I met yeah. him and we almost got to do a movie it, together. But so. that's the thing. They, I don't think people, unless you were really, you know, around paying attention in like the nineties to realize what a big star Nicholas Cage was. He was yeah. And so for him to know who you are, Con Air, uh-huh. leaving Las Vegas, the rock face off, uh, face off. Yeah. He was nineties movies. Yeah. Uh, he's in my, one of my favorite movies, racing Arizona. Mm, okay. You know, 
I love that movie. That's that's where I got introduced. I mean, I'm sure I've seen them before that, but that's the movie that stands out to you. Brought, yeah. brought Nicholas Cage into my uh, my thought process and in, no. in my uh, being stuff like that. And little did you know that he was just a huge meanie mark. Yeah, it was, it's that's the coolest thing about wrestling. Uh, last thing I want to say before we wrap it up here. Um, yeah. Last week we mentioned uh, how much we appreciate everybody going and leaving ratings and reviews for us on iTunes. And we, we called out uh, a pod squad member, Jerry <laughs> Moo. Um, and because he wrote the nicest uh, review for us and gave us one star. And we, we knew from the review because it's, it, this was not a sarcastic review. This was very kind. Uh, well, Jerry did not even reach out to us about this. But I checked, and he has corrected it to give us five stars. So, Jerry Moo, thank you for not only taking the time to go and write a review, <laughs> but then taking the time to go back and give us five stars uh, means a lot. We really appreciate it. We have even since then, there have been a, a, a number of other um, reviews that have come in. I am uh, proud to say, and I know you are too, that we have across the board five stars. Um that's that's amazing. Yeah. That, that means a yeah, lot. It really does. Uh, for two guys that are just yeah shit. Because I I, I know <laughs> I know plenty of people in my life who would not rate a conversation they had with me to be five stars. So uh, so I'm glad that at least my conversations with the meanie are are bringing it up a, a couple of stars. Um, uh, there's plenty of useless knowledge in this episode. Yeah, this was but this was uh, definitely a fun one. Had a lot a lot of fun. Uh, talking to you today, as I always do. Um, I think that pretty much does it for us. Meanie, any any last uh, any last words till next week that you'd like to leave the pod squad with? Again, uh, thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, thank you, thank you to everybody who bought a shirt. Thank you to everybody who left a rating. Everybody who subscribed. Uh, and if I could pass on the advice, if you can't listen to this in all one sitting. Break it down between two or three yep. days, like uh, Josh had come up with. Uh, thank you for listening. I know it's a it's a long show. I know we talk about it a lot, but uh, thank you for just being here and listening and uh, bringing this content to you in these uh, crazy times. And uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I, I second that. Uh, make sure to follow us on social media at Mind of the Meanie. Uh, and while you're at it, give us follows individually, if you would. Uh, the Meanie can be found on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Blue Meanie BWO. I'm at So Says Chernoff on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Don't forget to visit MindoftheMeanie.com for all our great new shirts. Uh, and of course, Pro Wrestling Tees slash Blue Meanie and CollarAndElbowBrand.com promo code Meanie. And while we're talking promo codes, we have to thank our sponsors for today, uh, Manscaped and SOSCustomNetwork.com. And make sure you go to both of those and you use the promo code Meanie. You're going to save some money. And uh, in the case of Manscaped, you're going to save your balls. Um, for the Blue Meanie, I'm Josh Chernoff. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Join us again next Monday for another trip into the mine. Blue, 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 blue world order.